listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Fonz DeFalco, Kyle Russo, James Montefusco. Joining me here via Skype OBS tonight. A quick reminder, you can watch our live show on Facebook Live. Like and subscribe to our page. And we'll try to interact with you through the stream. We're on Facebook Live typically every Friday night, 8 to 10. But tonight, uh, we do have a special event going on. That is rounds 2 and 3 of the NFL Draft. So we, we will be live 7 to 9 with the boys here. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Review and Preview. And if you can't catch the whole show tonight and you miss parts of it, you can uh, listen to our audio podcast on anchor.fm slash review and preview, or you can watch our posted video right here on our Facebook Live page. Fonz, Kyle, James, welcome to the show. Looking forward to uh, going at it tonight. Love the NFL draft. Round one was great. Rounds two and three. And tomorrow, I mean, it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about, guys. A lot to talk about. Definitely going to be exciting as we enter uh, round two in about a couple minutes now. Just about to go underway. Yeah, I completely agree. This is going to be a great night, two of the NFL draft as Roger Goodell will start it from his home in Bronxville, New York, very shortly, about 20 minutes away from my house. So uh, just a little fun fact there. By the way, uh, a quick rundown of what we're going to go through tonight. We're going to recap our review and preview draft video challenge. We're going to talk about the winner. And we're also going to stack up our mock drafts against each other, see who came in first, who came in last. Um, we're also going to talk about our team mock drafts a little bit. Then we'll talk about some NFL news. We'll talk about the Ravens and the Giants. We'll have Cannon Justiniano, our guest caller, talk about Alabama football and the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll have some live draft coverage for you. And we will have a Green Bay Packers mock draft with our very own guest, Andrew Scarpacci. So looking forward to that. It's going to be an action-packed show. First off, I'd like to thank everybody that participated in our Review and Preview Mock Draft uh, video challenge last night. Uh, for the four of us here, Fonz is going to get his video up uh, later on tonight or tomorrow on the Tennessee Titans. Me, James, and Kyle, Nick Tonks, thank you very much. Kevin DeRosa, Hank and Dichter, Elise Person, Bob, uh, Joe LaDuca, uh, I hope I'm not missing any other names. Gabe Flynn, one of our consistent callers. Thank you very much, guys, for participating. Kyle Earhart as well. Uh, you guys were awesome. So, you guys had the best video last night. I know we did about 20 picks. Me, Kyle, and James were very busy at it. Fonz, you were on JDF. Uh, you missed out on the fun. Yeah. But um, Kyle and James, I'll put you guys in the hot seat first. Who do you think had the best video last night? Who do I think had the best video? Well, first, I'm, I'm going to give you two answers. The best video was done Not by our very question. own co-host in James Montefusco. That 17 overall Dallas Cowboys pick, that was that was something to laugh about. That was something to be disappointed about as a Giants fan. But, James, I thought you nailed it. I thought you absolutely nailed it. Uh, Thank you. Thank one you. of my favorite fan videos, uh, Nick Tonks, number five overall, Miami Dolphins, uh, Tua Togovailoa. Were they going to take him? Were they not going to take him? I thought that was very funny. I thought he nailed it. We tried getting that up on Barstool, FYI. 
Uh, we did. If you look at our uh, comments stream, there's about five or six different uh, tags to Barstool there. So uh, check that out if you haven't already. Uh, our videos were great. James, uh, give an honorable mention and who your favorite was. Um, Tom, I have to say you did you did very well with the Jaguars. Um, I liked how you changed from a Giants jersey to a Hawaiian theme. That that uh, I found that kind of funny. Um, oh, other than that, I mean, Bob did also a great job. He went into quite in depth about his Eagles and stuff. Um, so I, I honestly, in my honest opinion, everybody did a great job that participated in this last night. Um, considering it was our first time doing it, uh, we did a quite good job at getting people to participate. And it kept me, you, and Russo quite busy at times. Yep. I remember my phone was on like 3% or I'm in the middle of posting something. I'm like, uh-oh, and then the Jaguars are on the clock. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm up next. So it was definitely a challenge. Thank you guys very much for holding down the fort. Um, yeah, I wasn't expecting you to say me, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take that as a compliment. I kind of had to do that one on the fly. Uh, Funds, out of the couple that you've seen so far, which one stuck out to you? I, I mean, I got to give a shout out to James with the with the wardrobe with the cowboy hat. It was simply incredible. <laughs> the sharpie as as the cigar, it was great. Uh, I did like Nick Tonks uh, a lot because it was we knew kind of they were gonna get two of the dolphins, but like him under like the bed sheets, like thinking like, oh please get two of please, and he was like acting all like like terrified. Then when he saw the pick, he was just relieved of everything. So that was just really funny to me. Over oh, you guys did a an excellent job with yours, and I'll I'll have a. I'll try to be one of the better ones with the always in the mix Tennessee Titans pick, and that was an interesting selection. We'll get more of all the the first round picks down the line. So, uh, yeah, Nick Tonks was great. He did three separate videos for us. It's kind of like Mankind of the WWE. Remember, he entered that one Royal Rumble as three different people. Yeah. Nick Tonks kind of filled that role as the utility guy last night for me i love bob's kevin DeRosa's was kind of funny he kind of went all out and just didn't care the way he tilted his head towards the tv at the beginning was hysterical i thought gabe flayton did an awesome job too uh gabe's last video was really good uh that might be my honorable mention but uh the best one last night um in my opinion was uh <laughs> probably I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was Bob's as well. I thought Bob gave a lot of good content. There was a lot of color. I think, um, what was his sister or somebody filming him in the background, something like that, or his friend or something. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. hysterical. And Bob get, put a lot of life into it. We all did. But, um, yeah, so Gabe Flayton's my honorable mention, and I, I thought Bob took home the uh, the cake on that one. But uh, Hank, Hank was good, too. Hank did that very last second for us, so uh, we appreciate it. All of you guys that did it for us last night. I have a um, quick fun fun fact for everybody real quick. Shoot. Um, I was actually talking to Kyle and Nick during the NFL draft. We were watching it together. And he had it on his iPad, which was like a two to three minute delay. So he's like, I'll be right back. And I, the Jaguars pick was up on our end. So I gave him a buzz. I'm like, Nick, the Jaguars pick is up. He's like, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. You'll see. I'll, I'll send it to you soon and stuff so it was quite hilarious like he was trying to plan it out and stuff you know um it, it was quite interesting to hear nick's planning and all that good stuff 100 percent. i tried pulling out my ugly hawaiian shirt for the dolphins one i think it was at uh around 20 or something around that range but uh the cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock to start round two guys um so 
Last night, round one of the NFL draft set a viewership record of over 15.6 million people. Uh, that was the average audience. So that's insane to go three to four full hours um, with that. I thought some of the reactions, like Joe Burrow's reaction, he kind of knew where he was going. Same thing with Chase Young. I think the draft didn't officially start until pick number three, to be technical here. Um, I think the first two were kind of give me's. Three was where we all kind of knew it was going to be Okuda. But at the same time, there, there was a chance that Detroit would make some movement. So... As you know, the four of us did our round one mock drafts, and I got to say, it, w- it was tight. It was tight as usual. All four of us were in the mix. Uh, James and Kyle actually tied at 30 points, uh, and then James won via a tiebreaker. So congratulations, James. You are the winner. Thank you. Somehow, thank you, thank some you. way. That Derek Brown pick did not pull in for you, though. I got to tell you. No, you know, I, I was kind of hoping for it just to kind of get Russo's reaction Kind of get you didn't want that reaction. You didn't want that reaction, James. No, I know, but but uh, you know, to t- to to really solidify the win and not come in a tie, that would have been nice. But listen, I think we all had fun doing the, that mock uh, draft stuff um, over the past two weeks. So I'm kind of glad it's definitely a huge relief now that it's done after our show tonight. Of course, I mean, there's still a little bit more work to be done. But uh, Kyle, congratulations on coming in second. I can't pick them all, boys. I can't pick them all, right? <laughs> you know, James was getting a lot of heat for his Derek Brown pick, but hey, he still he still came out on top, and I came in third. Uh, Fonz, you are the loser of this challenge via a triple tiebreaker. Unbelievable! Out. Unbelievable. Out. <laughs> so I had, double, I had to double check because I don't know if you guys were just pulling my leg there on that one. But no, no. <laughs> and we put in the checklist the full rundown of how we got there. It was pretty much uh, it was. We each had six correct right where they were going to be. And then we each had 22 guys who went in the first round that we thought would go in the first round. So we each got points for that. That tied us as well. And then the triple tiebreaker was I had Jeff Gladney going number 31, which he did. But he went to the Vikings, not the 49ers. So that was the ultimate tiebreaker. And uh, James, as the winner, do you – Obviously, Fon still has to make up his punishment uh, as the postseason loser and take the Titans video. But, James, do you have the uh, the mock draft punishment for Alfonso DeFalco? Well, oh, geez, I'm literally getting Oh, no, live? <laughs> no, you don't have to do it now. No, 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 James... I'm saying I'm learning it live. Oh, no, I don't like this. Fon, uh, I do give my condolences to you for losing again. Uh, on a, a long football season, it's been for you. Um, at review and preview. Um, really, this this is going to be quite simple. Um, every Titans pick from now to the end of to the from round one to the NF to the end of the NFL draft, uh, you just have to summarize them and kind of say which player will impact the Ravens the most this season. Okay. All right. So every every Titans pick, I talk about them. Yeah. Say why it was a good pick, and how yep. they beat the Ravens, basically. Right. Well, how how would yeah like how like how would like pick a like two or three key players in this draft on how they would 
successfully be able to help their team beat the Ravens. Okay. All right. That's 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 uh that's totally fair. That's fair. That's fine. The Italians are the bane of my existence. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So James, you'll uh you'll write that down in the minutes somewhere. Yeah, I got you. So our team mock drafts, none of us got any of our picks right. Uh what did, what did you guys uh, – and, again, we'll get to the Giants in a little bit, but uh, what was your biggest takeaway from night one, Kyle? Uh, you know, I, I know you were very busy on your phone moving your thumbs, but uh, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is – Is he not frustrated? That the NFL – well, uh, aside from the Giants, is that the NFL will, is full of surprises. I think there was a lot of guys that we saw go in the first round that were – a little bit of surprising, a little bit of a surprise. I think there was a lot of teams that took players that were major surprises. For instance, uh, Jordan Love. I think that's that's a huge topic of discussion. I bet we probably have it on the script. We're going to talk about it definitely later on the show. But I think that was probably the biggest surprise of the night um, in round one. 100%. 100%. Because, you know, Aaron Rodgers was being interviewed before the day. He's like, well, who would be yep. the guy that you would want? You know, I, I'd, I'd like a weapon, a skilled player on offense. Green Bay hasn't done that in the first round in a while. Little did he know it was going to be under his position. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Well, they also did that to Brett Favre at the same age Rodgers is at. Yes, they did. That yep. is correct. So, night two of the draft is on the way, rounds two and three. The Cincinnati Bengals pick is in. Uh, if you're watching your TV, you can see Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin, the director player of personnel in their uh, at-home war rooms, we'll say. Um, so we'll see who they pick in just a minute. A couple of the guys that I was surprised who didn't go in the first round last night that are still on the board. First one that sticks out to me is Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama, and DeAndre uh, Swift, a running back out of Georgia. Uh, those two are basically towards the top of my best available list, in addition to guys like Jonathan Taylor, A.J. Ibaniza, um, they're gross matos, those guys. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but they did pick Joe Burrow last night. I think this was pretty much the most locked in pick. Uh, Fonz, I don't know. I'm sure you were watching Joe Burrow's video. It was such a feel good story knowing a guy from, uh, you know, southeastern Ohio. Uh, talk about Joe Burrow's story and how feel feel good of a story that must be for a kid like that. Yeah, going to uh, Ohio State, uh, ended up leaving there, uh, going to LSU as a grad transfer. He, he struggled his first, uh, not a grad transfer, just transferred as a regular transfer. You know, struggled his first year, and then coming into the 2019 season, you didn't even expect this guy to be, you know, not even the first quarterback taken, just even taken in the draft. I literally blew expectations. Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, 5,000 yards passing, 60 touchdowns, only six interceptions, all the way to a national championship. And then, you know, his hometown team, the Cincinnati Bengals, selected him first overall. That's their franchise guy now. The, they need to start a new era now. Try to, you know, they've been kind of an embarrassing franchise for so long. They need a new start, a fresh start. And what better way to bring it than the Heiser Trophy winner and Joe Burrow? It was just an excellent story for him, going from a backup at Ohio State to Dwayne Haskins to, you know, now the number one overall pick. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Kyle, uh, the first pick is in, Damn. Uh, and was just announced. Uh, you want to tell us who that was? 
That was T. Higgins, wide receiver out of Clemson. That is a that's an awesome pick right there. I know that's it's a, a nice good little. Pick. That's a nice little trio there uh, in Cincinnati of AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, and now T. Higgins for Joe Burrow to throw to. That's that's a nice trio. That's definitely a nice trio. But maybe that's maybe that's Cincinnati's way of saying that AJ Green, we're going to franchise tag you this year, but you're on your way out of Cincinnati next year. We got your replacement potentially. You forgot. You forgot somebody. You forgot John Ross. And John Ross as well. And, and Joe John Mixon. Well. well, Joe Mixon running back. The team is stacked in terms of skills. I really wanted now. T. Higgins on the Ravens so bad. You guys knew this. Oh, he goes right to the division. So team for KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler, Michael Pittman. Tom said Michael Pittman Jr. That was a good name too. Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones. He's more I think he's more of a third round guy, late second round, mm-hmm. early third. Um and the Colts, who are picking 34th, their pick is in, too. So we're moving along here quite quick. The Giants are only two picks away. Um, so, yeah, who do you guys think are some of the best prospects out there on the board tonight? Fonz, I know you may have to reevaluate after that first pick. But uh, you know what? I'll throw you in the hot seat. Why don't you? You've been at this all week. Well, yeah, right. No, but I definitely agree. Xavier <laughs> McKinney was sort of a head, strack, uh, head scratcher. Christian Fulton uh, is the guys that are still on the board now. Um, the running backs, I do think that if anyone was taken, it would be Dolphins' third pick in the first round with DeAndre Swift, but that didn't happen. Uh, so Clyde Edwards, hilarious. That was kind of a head-scratching move. But, yeah, a lot of the running backs were still on the board. And then, you know, T. Higgins was, but now he's off there. Uh, Epinenza, Gross Matos. I put Trayvon Diggs in there, too, as guys that I thought would be taken in the first round at this point. You know, still a lot of talent. I think we the, the trend here, because we talked about it earlier, there's just a lot of reach. For a lot of players, after ten, 100%. I think after the, I would say after the Jets pick, I would say I would when when it got to the Raiders, it was a reach a little bit. Uh, Buccaneers not really; it was kind of a steal. They got him that low. The Cowboys was a little bit low, but after the Cowboys pick, I'd say it started to get a little bit of a reach there. I think it was insane how City Lamb just fell into their lap. That's insane, and um, but the Colts just announced their pick. It's Michael Pittman Jr., a wide receiver. Come on. Out of USC, so Fonz, uh, uh, damn, we're not, not getting the receiver. And this KJ Hamler, uh, KJ Hamler. I I hope so. Look, guys, this guy is huge. He has big hands. Uh, his favorite movie is The Lion King. Fun fact: he looks like one with his size. Um, so yeah, this is added um, to the Indianapolis Colts. Their first pick of the draft, adding him as a skills player to Ty Hilton, Jack Doyle, Marlon Mack those guys they need some weapons for philip rivers so you know we'll see we'll see how he could impact the indianapolis colts and the detroit lions are now on the clock james i want to turn to you here uh who would you say was your winner of night one of the draft winner of night one honestly i hate to say it but it in my opinion would probably be the cowboys because they got another wide receiver on the opposite side of Amari Cooper. And you look at it, you have Zeke. Um, so it's like a three-headed monster. I'm not including Dak because I don't think Dak's very good. I think he wants the money. But that's a different topic for a different day. Um, I think the Cowboys actually went out there, swung, got their guy. Um, especially to help uh, Amari Cooper, because we do know Amari Cooper's their top receiver. So having 
Now, another top receiver on the opposite end. I think they'll be very dangerous this season. 100%. Kyle, name a loser for me. A loser? There, there was a few. I know we talked about one a few minutes ago, but your number one loser last night. My number one loser last night is not even a it's not even a team. It's a player. It's Aaron Rodgers, guys. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's getting he's getting Brett Favre right now. I think he's the 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 Packers are saying something because Aaron Rodgers does not become a free agent until 2024, which is another four years. A rookie's contract only lasts four years with a fifth year option. The Packers aren't gonna let their first round pick go all the way to his fifth year and then pick up the option with his first time to play. They might be looking to move Aaron Rodgers potentially within the next year or two and move Jordan Love into position. I mean, Aaron Rodgers waited three years behind Brett Favre. And then a couple of years later, they took him to the Super Bowl in 2011. I'm not saying Jordan Love is that same guy, but I can't imagine Jordan Love sitting on the bench for four years until this contract expires for Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see it. Yeah, I would agree. Um, they he, he very well might be on the move. I think this was the worst pick of the night, to be honest with you. Because you went 13 and three last year, you lost Blake Martinez. You, I mean, you lost your starting tight end. You have so many holes on your offensive line. You lost Brian Balaga, and you go in and you, you take a quarterback. It just makes no sense. And people forget, yeah, Rogers is 36, but he didn't start starting till he was 25, 26 years old. He's only been a, an NFL starter, uh, you know, for about 11 to 12 years, which is less than what most guys would have under their resume uh, at 36 years of age. Um, the Packers, yeah, they're they're one of my losers. I think the biggest losers of the night are the Atlanta Falcons. They did, yeah. not, they did not address a need. They needed to take an edge rusher, and then they took – who they take, A.J. Terrell? Yeah, A.J. Terrell, cornerback yeah. at a Clemson. Terrible that was too high of too high. Like yeah. one of the reaches, one of the reaches, I think. Too high, and he's, he's just a he's a small corner too. It's uh, it was a really really bad pick by them. Uh, I don't really I don't see any way in which Dan Quinn. I mean, especially a defensive guy who built Seattle's defense. I mean, it's 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 really interesting to see what he's doing now in Atlanta as the head coach. Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. I think a, a loser also. Uh, if we're doing just a team, it's the Raiders. I don't think Ruggs yeah. should have been the first receiver taken in the draft. If you had Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb right in your fingertips. <laughs> And then on top of that, at 19, you had Christian Fulton at your fingertips, and you get Damon Arnett, a guy who was projected to go in the second and third round, who's, who was opposite of Jeff Okuda. I, I just think, though, you got you went you went for a reach on two of those guys who you could have gotten like other previous picks. I think you could have had Judy would have been a lot of better fit in Vegas, and I think Christian Fulton would have been a better fit than Arnett in Vegas. I'm surprised Fulton's still on the board, too. He'd probably be my second guy right after Xavier McKinney. I thought Dallas had a high oh, wow. uh, level of wow. interest in yeah. him. Uh, but my top two losers were the Falcons. And and uh, the Lions just picked. They took DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia. He's wow. off the board. Uh, that's the second running back taken in this draft. Now the Giants pick is in automatically. So the Giants knew right away. They what wanted. they were doing. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Gettleman, Judge, all about business right now. And, man, you know, Sweet. let me tell you something. This better be an edge rusher because the Giants have none. Do you so. Swift's too? Wow, I didn't think he'd go to the Lions. I feel like they already had a guy in carry on. I mean, maybe because of injuries. Yeah, but. Yeah. No, but that's a, that's a good tandem now. The problem is, is that you need to, 
if you're the Lions, you need to protect Matt Stafford. I mean, that's your franchise quarterback. They obviously are not moving on from him. They had the opportunity to draft the quarterback. They chose not to. And for a guy who's consistently injury-prone, you need to block for him. I mean, yeah, your yeah. offense might be nice, but, I mean, it doesn't protect him. DeAndre Swift is not a blocking running back. I uh, 100% agree, and here's the problem. You know, it's nice. You have a similar duo, duo in the backfield, similar to what the Broncos have in Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. Uh, Russo, hold your excitement, please, as I'm behind. Um, I'm going to be behind all night on my TV, just a heads up. Um, <laughs> So, look, I'm just saying, Detroit, man, Matt Patricia's on that hot seat this year, entering his third year as a head coach. Look, and a head coach, once the third year rolls around, if if you're not great, but you're not bad, like, that's usually the judgment time that you get. Um, yeah, 100%. I think with going back to Green Bay for a second, guys— the guy's not going to touch a football for four to five years if Rodgers yeah. remains with the team, in my See, that, opinion. I disagree with you on that. Uh, again, my argument is you don't draft somebody in the first round that won't touch a football for four to five years. That's just blatantly wrong. And in my opinion, that's the worst pick of the first round of the draft. Uh, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. The Broncos were winners for me in night one. They uh, had Jerry Judy fall into their lap. I know they were in the mix for a wide receiver. Uh, Fonz. Talk about Jerry Judy and the impact he could have uh, for this Denver Broncos team. Yeah, no, Jerry Judy is going to be excellent. I mean, he fell right in the Broncos' lap. That's perfect. Has excellent, uh, can excellent like running route tree. I mean, he has great hands. One of the best receivers in the draft. And the fact that he was take he dropped into fifteen. That's crazy. Him and Cortland Sutton. That's going to be a very ridiculous dude. And I think Drew Lock will be more than happy. 100%. I also think a good winner from last night was Tampa Bay, getting Tristan Wirfs protection for Tom Brady. I think that's huge. Tampa Bay, their offensive line was one of the big holes last year. Jameis Winston did not have a lot of time to throw, and they had to throw a lot because they were not very successful in the run game. So I think adding Wirfs, Kyle, what's your opinion on Tristan Wirfs? I know, Fonz, you had him going to the Giants at number four, but Wirfs falling this far, the last out of the big four to be taken? Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little bit shocking, but you know what? He falls in a good spot in Tampa because he did play. He did play right tackle because Tua was lefty, so that was technically his blind side. So he doesn't have to transition over to the left because right now, I believe his name is Donovan Smith is their starting left tackle. So you could put yes. you could put worse. Um, I'm sorry, I made a mistake there. Not worse. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of another player, but you could. He still play. He plays both right and left tackle. I got the names confused yes. with Jedrick Wells, but um, yeah, worse played both left. And right at Iowa, so he doesn't have to you know transition over without getting any confusion. So he's good right there at the right, and then maybe once Smith leaves or retires, he can move over to the left side. I, I got I got him and Jedrick Wills uh, confused there. My apologies. Gabriel Zawadski says, "Go Eagles." Uh-huh. I didn't uh, like that. I didn't like the Jalen Rager pick. A lot of people other, did not like um, the Jalen Rager pick last night out of TCU. Justin Look, Jefferson was he, right there. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that, but I mean. You know, I understand the guys on the smaller side, but you got to give them a shot. I mean, maybe they just felt he was a better match. Maybe they didn't think Jefferson would be on the board, and they were so sold into Jalen Rager. And what was funny was Gabe uh, Flayton actually texted me, the Vikings just got Justin Jefferson right after the Eagles took Rager. Because if you look, Jefferson was on the phone when Rager was being picked. That just pretty much gave it away that he was going to Minnesota. I don't know if you guys latched on to that. Yeah, but I did. Right. Yeah, I caught on. He did right away. 
Yeah. Uh, Giants pick is in, so they'll be announcing that shortly. Um, yeah. Uh, I think the Vikings were a winner last night, too. They got uh, Justin Jefferson, a guy who caught majority of Joe Burrow's touchdown passes last year. And then also um, they got Jeff, uh, Jeff Gladney at number 31, a cornerback that they desperately need. I believe their best, top cornerback right now is Mike Hughes. They lost Xavier Rhodes, yep. Trey, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander. There's rumors about Anthony Harris being traded. So, uh, Fonz, what did you think about Minnesota last night? I thought they fell, uh, they flew under the radar. They traded back, and they still got a guy that they might have taken at 30, uh, 25 at 31. Yeah, they traded back tw- uh, for both picks, I believe. Or no, just, well, they uh-huh. traded back twice for their yeah. second pick. And then yeah. they got, secured more draft picks, and they still got their guy, or one of their guys, and Jeff Gladney, that can fill in right away and be the day one starter for them. And that Justin Jefferson pick, I mean, that's a very good replacement for Stephon Diggs. Justin Jefferson had a great year at uh, at LSU. Like he had like 15 touchdowns and like 1,500 receiving yards. He was he was a beast, and I really thought that's a perfect spot for the Eagles because they needed a receiver. But Viking fans are really happy to have him. 100. percent as Roger Goodell is about to announce the Giants pick now, let's wait and see who it is. See the Giant fans clapping in the uh, the background as he's reading the card. But uh, as he as he's doing that, actually, another loser for me last night was the Saints taking uh, Caesar Ru- Ruiz. I thought they needed a, a linebacker. As the Giants Ooh. just take Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. Instant analysis on this. This was the number one guy left on my big board. This is a steal for the New York football Giants. And now, uh, Kyle, you add this guy to a secondary that has Drew Brill Peppers and James Bradbury now. And if DeAndre Baker can pan out, you could have Julian Love as a third safety. This could really be a huge boost to this team. I know you were maybe leaning more towards an edge rusher, but I think Xavier McKinney was the best guy left on the board. This is a steal for the Giants, 100%. Oh, no, this is definitely a steal. My personal opinion, why I picked a guy in your tier, Gross Matos, and guys like A.J. Epineza is because personally, I thought that entering the first, uh, entering the second round, I thought the Bengals, the Colts, they were going to hop on guys at the safety position. You hear the team in Colts looking to trade Malik Hooker out of the way. Uh, off the team, the Bengals have a defense that de- that's decimated. I didn't think Xavier McKinney was going to be on the board personally, but I am so happy right now that he is a Giant because that that will help that secondary become a lockdown secondary. You got a, a star a star under the um, underrated corner right now, James Bradbury. You have a decent safety in Jabril Peppers, and and you just got one of the biggest steals of the draft in Xavier McKinney. And, and if DeAndre Baker has a as a breakout second season as a court, uh, cornerback. This should be a nice secondary for this Giants team going to 2020. I think New England now on the clock, they got to be looking at a guy like an A.J. Ipaniza or maybe a Josh Jones. Josh Jones is probably the guy I would have picked for Detroit at 35 to give Stafford some uh, fluff in front of him. I'm Uh, thinking No pun intended. I'm thinking more of a Zach Bourne. I think they need to replace that linebacker position. I think that losing a guy in Kyle Van Noy, losing uh, Jamie Collins, I think they need that guy that's going to, rack out those sacks for them, rush the quarterback. I, I think that's the direction in which they go. They usually go with guys that are attack men on defense, and I know that at Wisconsin that was the type of player that he was. Let's see as the pick is in. As Goodell's going to announce it as New England 37th overall. This is actually their first pick of the draft. They, so they traded Ooh. out oh, of the first wow. round last night. Oh, don't, don't. Uh, 
these Kyle, hold, hold, hold your thought, please. Um, as, they, away. they have so many picks now, rounds two to four, because they traded back so many times. Yeah. Uh, you know, I completely agree. They traded out of the first round last night, and to have a guy like this, Kyle Duger, as their first pick out of Lenore Ryan University, uh, first team all South Atlantic, a D2 guy. That's such a Patriots pick. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really look, such a patriot. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he was on my top 25, but New England just snagged him with their first not, pick. He was ranked lower in my, in my safeties. That's crazy. And fun fact, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a Patriots fan call in on the show. Uh, Jordan Spurgeon from Arizona State University, big New England Patriots fan. He's going to be calling in for the first time, so I'm really looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah, so we just went over some of our winners and losers of night one, giving you live coverage tonight, folks. Remember... You can watch our live broadcast on our Facebook Live page. Follow us, subscribe, review and preview LIU. And if you have any fan questions for us, fan questions are always welcome. Put them in the comment stream, and we'll be happy to get back to you. The Carolina Panthers are now on the clock, and their pick is in. Speaking of the New England Patriots, let's talk about what happened to them this week, a dynasty that could potentially be crumbling as uh, former WWE star Rob Gronkowski, which I mean, I still think he's part of the company funds, right? He, he has, um, he's currently the 24-7 champion. He has to defend that at correct. all times. So <laughs> on Tuesday, Gronk started stirring, oh, well, I want to trade as Belichick with his dog there at his home. <laughs> um, Gronkowski gets traded the day he requests a trade along with a seventh-round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in exchange for a fourth rounder. So New England's been busy with trades over the course of the last couple of days. The physical was already taken. Gronk passed. So not only did he get traded, he's coming out of retirement at just 30 years of age. I don't know what you guys think about Gronkowski in Tampa Bay and the effect this could have uh, not on the NFC, but the NFL next season. I mean, uh, he's down there with his boy, Tom Brady, we all know what he's there for to win another Super Bowl. Um, it also gives him a chance to uh, live a life and party up on the beach 24-7 all year round. I mean, you look at it, I think I saw that there's, you said there's more clubs out in, uh, in Tampa uh, than Boston. Florida than the, yeah. So I think also is from the wide receivers that Tampa has, now to add Brady – then to add Gronk, it just correlates to, honestly, a, I would think on paper for a successful season. 100%. You know? um, the Panthers I, selection, too. Yeah, the Panthers just picked Yasor Gross-Matos, uh, defensive end from Penn State, the school that Kyle Russo originally committed to. Kyle, break this down. I know you <laughs> wanted this guy for the Giants. But break this down for us and what you think of this uh, particular selection. I think he's an excellent, excellent edge rusher. I had him going in my first uh, in my first round to the Seattle Seahawks because I didn't know the status with Jadavian Clowney, whether or not he was going to be back. That was my replacement for Jadavian Clowney. Uh, I was really hoping that the Giants, if Xavier McKinney was not on the board, that the Giants would look to take him. He's got an excellent story behind him, been an excellent player ever since uh, joining Penn State. This is a really good pick for the Carolina Panthers. Is really, they're boosting up on that defense. That defense now has Derek Brown as a defensive tackle, who could sometimes. It seems that on some plays, while he was with Auburn, they lined him up with his, as as a defensive end. As long on top of the fact that they just added uh, Yatir Gross 
Matos. Matos. Yep. Uh, that's it's an excellent, excellent pick. Matt Rule is building a uh, a dominant defense once again. It's 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 looking really nice for them. Shout out to great my, pick. Uh, my cousin John Unterweger from Oklahoma. Thank you very much for joining our live stream. I know we got to your fan question last week about the college football season. Hopefully it will happen. Uh, we think it will. Um, man, though, you know, this is crazy going back to Tampa Bay. I know we're following these picks, but Vons, guys, the Bucks have not made the playoffs since the two, 2007 season. Fun fact time. Don't look at the script. Who was the team the Bucks lost to in their last playoff appearance, the wild card round? Of 2007. That was the that was the Giants year, right? Correct. Congrats, Fonz. The non-Giants fan punches in correctly. I don't know. I, rem- so, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> now, and I, I'm going to ask you guys this. I don't know if Russo is old enough to remember. Do you know the starting <laughs> quarterback for Tampa Bay in that game? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, uh, wait a minute. He was a journeyman. Can we? Do we each get a guess? Because I really want to play this game. So is it? Here is one hint. Here is one hint. He played. He was the starting quarterback for the team that eliminated the Giants from the playoffs in the in the same round, the wild card round, the year before, in 06, 07. He was the starting quarterback of the team that eliminated the Giants from the playoffs in 06, 07. That was Eli's third year. The year they went eight and eight. Oh Jesus. Bonds and Russo, you'll both get a guess, and I guarantee you James is just going to comment and get it right. James, that's it, James. Is it, luck is it, it's not Jeff Garcia, is it? It is. It is. <laughs> Jeff Garcia. Bonds is Jeff two Garcia. for two. Yes. Two for two. Two for two. I, I, oh, are you like a Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia? Oh, jeez. I am not. I am not. Really? Just look up, not. go on his Wikipedia page and look at, look at yeah. just Jeff Garcia's career. <laughs> I wasn't even. I was not even thinking in that direction. I was thinking about when did Josh McCown play for Tampa? I almost, I said, I almost said Josh Johnson too when I really thought about it. Yeah. Um, James, I want to get to you here. Uh, another potential head scratcher in Houston today as they extend Laramie Tunsil to be the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. You can do this, but you can't take care of your coveted wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I, I don't understand that one. I mean. You're a lineman, which, yes, they're supposed to have a decently long career. But for not to take care of your main guy um, as your star wide receiver, to not even pay him somewhat close of what they're giving your offensive lineman, it's a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're looking at a joke. Your team, in my opinion, that that's a joke move. If I was a fan, I'd be like, are you serious? You let one of the best wide receivers, probably in the league, to walk, and you sign now an offensive lineman for this amount of money that doesn't even get his name get his name isn't even called. I would love to twenty two million dollars a year. I think I would, it, the math works out too. I would love to see how many jerseys he sold compared to Hopkins. Yeah, but like really, like. Yeah. That's a lot agree. of money. That's a I lot don't understand, of money. but then again, they don't pay me for the decisions, so that's they my should. opinion. They really should. I agree James, with you, Tom. James is the brains behind this operation here. Uh, we're just his uh, 
his puppets. Yeah. Um, just yep. the sidekicks. Bad just joke. The sidekicks. Bad joke, guys. Um, all right, so we have a question from the viewers. Pasquale D'Elia from Elmhurst, New York, asks, where do you have Jalen Hurts going? Quarterback, Oklahoma. I think the Saints would be a good spot for him. That would be a really good spot. I wasn't be. thinking that, but that'd be a good spot. I was thinking more of Pittsburgh in the third round, potentially. I think they're going to go Jacob Eason. You think they're going to go Eason? I think they're going to go Eason, a big body quarterback, much like Ben. But I can, I can see that, too. I think Hurts would be go more probably there or maybe Chicago, maybe. But I'm going to chime in. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to chime in and say Dallas. I'm going to chime in and say Dallas. And you guys maybe. aren't – a lot of you guys might not like this. Dak Prescott is not their quarterback for the long haul. Dak Prescott, once they pay him, that's the biggest mistake the Cowboys have made in franchise history. 100%. This guy, okay, Dak Prescott is the reason why the Cowboys are the definition of mediocrity. That's Jason Garrett. No, that is not Dak Prescott. That's Jason Garrett. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I want to give it a shot. I want to see without Jason Garrett to see how he does before yeah, I can say Dak we got to give it a shot. I, I, I've seen it. I mean, look, the, the guy, I just don't think he has a good pedigree. That's just my opinion, but... Look, I'm saying Jalen Hurts could be a backup quarterback for the Cowboys. You never know. You never know. Uh, currently, I don't know who their backup is. It might have been Brandon Whedon uh, for a couple of years. It was Kellen Moore for a while until he eventually Cooper Rush. Yes, that's who it is. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush. As uh, the Dolphins just take Robert Hunt at number 39 overall, a guard out of Louisiana. Building up that offensive line, they selected Austin Jackson last night. So they want to do it too. They're going to keep doing it. Protecting right. They're going to give a big a, a running back with Jordan Howard. They want to build around him. Yeah. Fonz, I want to get to you again. Let's talk about your Baltimore Ravens pick last night, Pat Queen. Yeah. Now, I know, I believe you had them going with a wide receiver. I had them going T. Higgins. That's who I wanted them to get. Or if he, or, or Kenneth Murray. If either of them weren't available, I would have been like, you know what, Patrick Queen would be a solid option. It ended up going right. with Patrick Queen even when T. Higgins was on the board. At the end of the day, they did need help with the middle linebacker spot or the linebacker spot overall. And Patrick Queen's actually a, a very, very good fit for them. Uh, athletic linebacker can go from sideline to sideline, can fit to that knee, and it just boosts up the Ravens' defense even more. And you know what? Thinking about it now with the amount of depth that this receiver class, you could find a starter in the second, third round. I think the Ravens can wait now in rounds. They have two picks in the second round at 55 and 60, and I think one or two in the third round. You can find a starting receiver in that point, too. But, yeah, Patrick Queen, probably one of the better linebackers. I'll take that. Just bet That just boosts up that defense. And now he's officially wearing number 48 for the Ravens. It announced today. 100%. 100%, guys. Now, look, this is the way I, I process this. Um, Patrick Queen is a great pick. You know, you can't go wrong with a linebacker out of LSU, right? Mm-hmm. So... Now let's put this into perspective. The Baltimore Ravens let C.J. Mosley go. I think it was two off seasons ago now. Yeah. Um, look, they they their defense is going to be fantastic this year. I know Russo did the live reaction video to this pick. Their defense is stacked. I mean, I know they might have a cornerback issue right now, but look, I, I may, maybe not actually because you have Marlon Humphrey Marcus and uh, Peters. Marcus, Marcus, yeah, Marcus Peters. Peters. I don't think they have an issue. It, I meant. I, I'm safety. sorry. I meant safety issue. I meant, yeah, that's post exactly Earl what Thomas. I meant. You might need a safety post Earl Thomas. Yeah. And you guys, you guys let go of Tony Jefferson, though, too, right? Yeah, we let go of Tony Jefferson well, to, re- to re-sign Chuck Clark. 
Let's put this into perspective. What about Jimmy Smith at safety? We know he's a little bit older now. I know he could be. They did it with Ladarius Webb. They've done it before. They've done. They've taken old corners and moved them to safeties. And Ladarius Webb was fine doing that. Maybe Jimmy Smith can do that. Hundred percent. I mean, look, this is something that we could debate forever. But I do think Lamar Jackson needs protection in this draft as well. You know, a guy like Tyler Bayadas or Matt Hennessy might attract the Ravens uh, tonight. Uh, Maybe Josh Jones if he falls. Uh, We'll see what happens as. I believe Ross Blacklock just heard his name called. Um, he just got picked by the Houston Texans. That's a good pick. The 40th yep. overall. Yeah, I had him on. I believe I had him on my big board. Yep. Yes, I did. He was the only defensive tackle I, ha- I had left in my uh, my top 25 best available. As the Colts pick is in, they're not messing around at number 41. This will already be their second pick of the second round. Uh, Funds. Look, this is a situation where I think maybe the Ravens could use another wide receiver, another offensive lineman, another safety in this mm-hmm. draft. Other than that, I don't see many other holes on this team. Backup running back. Maybe maybe. Backup. backup running yeah. back, I would think. That's That was the next word yeah. uh had coming. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think you guys are in good shape. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens. Um, and overall, I think Baltimore is in a really good spot to uh, contend for the um, AFC Championship this year. I know they fell a little short last year, but I think them, Kansas City, and uh, maybe the Titans. Oh, geez. Russo, are you, are, you, are you okay? This Colts pick, uh, I, I know I got it. I'm not going to say it. This okay. is a good let's, pick. Uh, let, let's, let, let's go on. I didn't so, uh, have another pick. Let's um, let's move on to the Giants. So, guys, the New York Giants take Andrew Thomas fourth overall last night. This was a pick that a lot of people bashed. Uh, a lot of people were surprised. So here here's my thing. I'm very neutral on this pick, and I had this interesting discussion with Kyle Russo last night, uh, two nights ago, actually, before the draft. I had a dream the Giants would take uh, trade back to get Andrew Thomas at number 16 because we knew the Falcons won't possibly – wanted to be aggressive and trade up. Uh, But Gettleman was saying there was no serious talks. The Giants have been scouting Andrew Thomas since the beginning of last year. Originally, he was the best tackle on the board before the college football season started last year. You guys know that. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, if the Giants were able to trade back a few spots, I think Andrew Thomas still would have been there. I love Andrew Thomas. Don't get me wrong. I think he has the best true left tackle traits in this draft. He has a, He's a high-character guy. I think he's going to fit in great. You look at the great Giant teams, what do they have in common? Good running games. Chris Snead, Kareem McKenzie did it for years. You have him and Zeitler, and when Solder leaves, you can shift them out to left tackle. That's a plan for the future. But uh, Kyle Russo, I want to get to you. What are your thoughts on this uh, Andrew Thomas pick? Do you like it, do you not like it, or do you not like the positioning of it? Do you like it? Let's see. He's a good player with a lot of talent. I think where the problem lies, there's two problems in my eyes, is that, again, uh, the Giants, not that I don't love the Xavier McKinney pick, but the Giants have now gone through two picks and have not addressed a a position of need, and that's going to be the guy that's going to get to the quarterback. And like you said, Tom, earlier, I thought that Andrew Thomas was a guy that I think personally would have been the third lineman taken in this draft if the Giants did not select him. I really did want Isaiah Simmons. I'm not mad at the pick, but I would have liked to have had it later. I understand the 
that the need is there for offensive linemen. Uh, the Giants have been working on this offensive line now for five years, even more, it seems like, ever since that Super Bowl in 2011. The reason why I don't like this pick is because he can play left tackle and right tackle. Why I don't like this is because he could fail at one position, and the Giants will go into the season with him playing at the, that position, and it could potentially hurt him. The Giants did the same thing with Eric Flowers. Everybody forgets that Eric Flowers at Miami, he played a majority of his snaps. He didn't play at the left tackle position. He played at right tackle. The reason why you see he's having so much, he had success with the Redskins because the Redskins moved him. I believe he's playing right guard or something like that, or as a guard position where he didn't have to worry about protecting a blind side. When you put him at that position, it led him to fail. I'm not saying that's the same thing for Andrew Thomas because we saw the success that he had at Georgia. The problem that I have is that when you have a guy in Isaiah Simmons with no error, I, I don't see any reason to pass up on that. I really I'm, don't. I'm going to respectfully. So here, look, you know I wanted Isaiah Simmons at number four ov- overall. Fonz was right all along. They needed an offensive lineman. What was the tipping point for me? I watched a podcast last week. Of course, we all know the great John Schmelk, reporter for the New York Giants. <laughs> he did a sit-down interview with two Super Bowl champion offensive linemen for the Giants and David Deal and Sean O'Hara. Their board was Jedrick Willis, Jedrick Wills one, Andrew Thomas two before Wirfs and Mackay Becton, and here's why. He played in the SEC, only gave up one sack the entire season playing in the SEC. He played against the best of the best, which is better in, than uh, Mackay Becton or Tristan Wirfs ever faced. You can make the argument for Jedrick Wills, but the Giants have been connected to Andrew Thomas forever, and it makes it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Fonz, break this pick down for us. I know you're the Ravens fan in our war room here tonight, but uh, I know you really wanted them to take an offensive lineman. Yeah, I mean, I had Tristan Wirfs as my best, but I think Andrew Thomas is definitely a close second for me. I Listen, I know, Russo, let me just tell you, he started every game in his college career, starting at right, went to left. He could play both sides of the of the line. He's a brick wall and only allowed, I think, just one or two sacks his senior season on a very good Georgia offensive line in the SEC against other SEC pass rushers. I think Daniel Jones is going to be happy to have this guy protecting his blind side. You needed to protect him. And Andrew Thomas at one point was considered the best offensive lineman, still is, heading was heading into the draft. I think you should be very happy with Andrew Thomas here. Brick wall, he's going to be your starting left tackle for like 12, 13 years. But see, that's the question now. Is Hold on. He I, want, le- I want James to get a word in here quick before we get back to you, Kyle. James, break I, down this pick. I think they took this this guy at the fourth overall because I think the Jets were eyeing him. As you guys know, the Jets did a lot of rebuilding on that offensive line this offseason. So for them to possibly see probably one of the best tackles on the draft board still where they were, I think that's why the Giants took him. They did not want them him to fall to the Jets. Yes, we did need Isaiah Simmons. We do need somebody to rush that quarterback. But in order to protect Andrew Jones, to give Barkley a chance to run more than two and a half yards or a yard that we saw towards the end of last season, that's why we took an offensive lineman. We, also, I think the Giants thought about it. We can't go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Andrew Thomas has the longest arms in the 
draft out of these top four offensive linemen prospects. And that's what really attracted David Gettleman, and that's what made him pick him. He could block against these elite pass rushers. You have to remember, a defensive guy, yeah, you want an Isaiah Simmons that could cover you know, a guy like a Zach Ertz or a City Lamb and all those receivers on the Dallas Cowboys that they got. But you also need to worry about blocking guys like Chase Young and Demarcus Lawrence. This is not a give me. Believe me, it's a very difficult decision, but I don't think you can pass on an. We we've seen how long it's taken the Giants to fill in a void and fix their offensive line. These great offensive tackles do not come around often. You look at who's left on the board right now. It's mostly edge rushers and safeties and defensive players. Who would the Giants have gotten if they didn't take an offensive lineman in round one? They would have gotten either Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland. That is not what you want compared to Andrew Thomas, in my opinion. Um, but I 100% agree with Kyle. It's very, very tough to say it's okay passing on a potential generational defensive mind, a commander-in-chief, a jack-of-all-trades. I think one of the biggest problems that I have as well is that Fonz, as you alluded to, is going to be a starting left tackle for the next 10 years. Uh, if I was to bet right now, I'd say he'd be the right tackle going into the season because even though Nate sold it was horrible last season, he's the guy you're paying. And if you really yeah. wanted him out, you would have bit the bullet and and ate the cap space. You Otherwise, could, he's going to he be a starting left sides. tackle. He could play Ian both James. sides and then, then move over once they move on from Soldier. Or well, here's, here's, here's my thing. I, I touched upon this with James a little bit via phone call last week, and James can back me up on this. The Giants have two New England Patriots, ex-New England Patriot tackles, and Cam Fleming and Nate Solder. I think yeah. the goal here, you draft Andrew Thomas, and now you have depth. You have Cam Fleming and Nick Gates, two great potential backups. They may even start Nick Gates at center if they don't draft one. And you still yeah. have Spencer Pulley. This could turn into a very deep offensive line. Sean O'Hara said it. Nate Solder still has his best football uh, 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 ahead of him. They still think he has years left that he can play. If you don't want to re-sign him back after 2021, okay. But Cam Fleming's only on a one-year deal. You need a long-term answer at tackle, and I think Andrew Thomas is the guy, and you're going to get him at like a fifth of the price of Nate Sullivan right now. I, I, I know I was really pushing hard for Isaiah Simmons, but I don't think any of us are mad at this pick. I just think it's the positioning of it, where it was at number four. If the Giants were at seven or eight, this pick would get a lot more praise than what it's getting at number four. Would you agree with that, Fonz? I definitely agree with you. I think because obviously at number four, it's probably a little bit more of like, I really want to, it's not the sexy pick and like the receiver or the edge rush or whatever. But I, I think I think this is a, still a good spot. It is I know fans aren't going to be happy, but I think it's going to be really good. I think they're going to be really happy with him once they see how well he protects Daniel Jones for the next, you know, decade. Hundred um, percent. And I, James, go ahead. I definitely think that a lot of Giants fans are going to be upset, but I think drafting in the second round, uh, Xavier McKinney, who we just drafted, I think it kind of lessens the blow in some sense because we did get some defensive help. He looks like he can come off the edge and rush the quarterback when needed to. Yes, he's not going to do that every play, but I think it will help that safety position uh, that we somewhat needed help in. So 
the second round pick, I feel like in my mind, kind of lessened the blow of last night. So we talked about Xavier McKinney. We talked about Andrew Thomas, and now Fonz, we're trying to get uh, Kanan up on the line here, Kanan, right? Kanan is on here. Kanan, can you hear us? And I, and you got to get your camera on there, too. Yeah, try to turn your video I on. Can hear you. We can hear you, Kanan. You got to turn your camera on. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. All right, sounds good. Kanan Justiniano from uh, Sullivan County, New York. Uh, Kanan's going to be talking to us tonight about some Alabama football and the pick with the Cincinnati Bengals. There he is. Hey, Kanan, welcome to the show. You're on the hot seat. How are you, Tom? Yeah. Looking good. I know, uh, Coach, we had a very interesting discussion this morning. You were very into it. You were utilizing your hands. Um, let's get right into things. So um, me, Fonz, Kyle, and James – all the co-hosts of Review and Preview, we've been talking about the Giants picks all night, and I know you must love this second-round selection of Xavier McKinney, the best safety in this draft, and I'm going to ask you here my first question to you, Kanan. Xavier McKinney is a guy who has a good nick for causing turnovers, right? Mm -hmm. Why wasn't he picked in the first round, and do you think he's the best safety in this draft? I do think he's the best safety in the class, you know, uh, well, in the draft. Um, you know, he, he had 78 tackles throughout the season, you know, that second on the team. Um, his speed in the coverage is really good. You know, he can cover guys in the slot all over the place. Uh, so his ability to cover is really, is really good. Uh, I love his toughness. I mean, he has the toughness and goes for the ball, as we all see. Um to be honest, I feel like teams weren't looking for safeties in the draft. In the first round, they wanted more corners or going more wide receivers, as we see. But I don't. I just didn't think that teams were going for safeties in the in the first round. Hundred percent. He can blitz very well too. You know, he he goes right after the quarterback. You know, he's not scared to make a tackle, come up, take a full back. So you know, his toughness is something that I really like. 100%. Uh, and, of course, we know the last safety the Giants drafted out of Alabama was Landon Collins just a few years ago. Kyle Russo, you also have ties to Alabama. You're a fan of them. Any any questions for Kane? I know you guys can hash this out here. Talk about the prospects coming out of Alabama in this year's draft. Well, Tom, just guys alone, you, you see receivers going in the first round. You see a guy in um, in Henry, Henry Ruggs. You see a guy in uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, Xavier McKinney in my draft, uh, in my mock draft, I had him going 17th overall. The Dallas Cowboys, we saw that. Listen, I love Xavier McKinney, but I think they, I think their pick is going well and smooth. Uh, I think they'll be happy with Ceedee Lamb. But Xavier McKinney, I mean, guys, the last Alabama uh, safety that we drafted in the second round, we know is Landon Collins. That panned out for a lot of years um, until new management came in and uh, made the corporate decision. But along with Jabril Peppers now in the secondary. This is going to be a nice safety uh, a group of guys. You know, if Julian Love gets moved to the safety position, uh, Xavier McKinney, uh, now you got your real peppers in there too. This is going to be nice for a Giants team whose secondary was absolutely atrocious last year. This is going to be, this be really fun. I, I think Xavier McKinney, um, as guys we were talking about earlier, I didn't think he was going to go past the Bengals pick in the second round. I thought that was going to be an obvious pick. I do like the T. Higgins pick. But for him to follow the Giants, this is this is a move that I, I think they just could not pass up on. Great move. 
100%. Before we get back to Kanan, uh, Cole Komet just got drafted to the Chicago Bears, number 43 overall. He's the 11th. 11th Notre Dame tight end selected in the first two rounds of the NFL draft since 1970. Tight end and O-line U. That is correct, Fonz. Cole Komet going to the Chicago Bears. Now you have him and Jimmy Graham there, so that should be very interesting. Kanan, next question. Tua Tagovailoa, 33 touchdowns and just three picks this year in his final season at Bama. What type of impact do you see him having? in his rookie season, if and when he could return to the field in South Beach? Good question. Listen, if I'm Coach Flores, I don't play him the first year. Totally. You know, I'm, 100% agree. I'm 100% not playing him agree. the first year, and let me tell you why. To be honest, you want to make sure he's healthy. That is your guy. Like, you, you are basically saying this is the guy. So – I'm not playing him the first year. I want to make sure he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy since his 10th grade year of high school football. He's gotten injured every year. So, you know, it, it shows that he gets injured year in and year out. Just tell him, hey, listen, you know, we basically want to redshirt you this year. You know, you don't want to take uh, You don't want him to take any hits. And you basically want to upgrade your offensive line because you don't want him going out there with a bad offensive line and taking shots. Hundred percent. So, right. You know, I will. I want to play him. Um, I'll play Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, throw him out there. You know, the guys respect him. He's a veteran. Let him yep. learn under him. It's somebody he can learn under. But I don't play. I don't play uh, two of my uh, the third year. So I got. I got. Oh, go ahead, James. I yep, got a question for you. So, yeah. if we all know they're probably not going to make the playoffs, they might break five hundred. Let's say. If, say, it's week 16, 17, the last two games of the season against, say, teams that already made the playoffs, already starting the second, you know, they're not top guys, et cetera, do you then put Tua in to give him some time experience, even if it's for a quarter or two? Do you then put him in for a little bit? I don't put him in at all. They can go 0-16, 16-0, and I am not putting him in there at all because that is the future of the Dolphins franchise right there. Coach, 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 coach. Why don't you want to win now? You want to win now. <laughs> Come on now. I hear you. I hear you, but hey, listen. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just throwing salt back at you. I, 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 I mean, that's the perfect thing the Dolphins should do. I mean, if it works out, play Josh Rosen and maybe trade him for some picks and use those picks on offensive linemen or skill players. That's a perfect right. scenario in my book. But maybe the like place factor. I think I think Rosen has somewhat more upside to trade him for. I don't know a fourth, fifth pick, round pick or third or something. He plays really well. Boost up that line. Give Tua another weapon or something. That's perfect. That's a perfect. That's scenario. a smart move. Smart. Very smart. Kaden, next question. Who is the top Bama wide receiver in this year's draft? Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy? And what do you think the biggest difference is between those two wide receivers? That's tough. That's tough. You know, I think Jerry Judy. I personally think Jerry Judy. Uh, I don't. I don't disagree with the Raiders taking uh, Henry Ruggs first. You know, they. Everybody sees what Kansas City is doing with Tyreek Hill. Everybody sees that, and I feel like more teams want to go to that. 
you know, you get him the ball in space and you just let him run around the whole field and just find his way in the end zone. You know, but I like Jerry, I like Jerry Judy. His footwork is unbelievable. He reminds me of Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. You know, he has great hands. You know, I've watched games where I've literally seen him break down a corner and the corner is just turning uh, turning three different ways. You know, he's got tremendous footwork. You know, he um, his agility is, is great. You know, um, he's averaging 15.1 average. You know, that's a great average. He had a uh, 1,163 receiving yards on 77. So that's great numbers. I would I would have taken Jerry Judy first, just because of his ability, his route running ability is really good. He remind you know he looks exactly like Amari Cooper when Amari um yeah when Amari Cooper was at Alabama. Hundred uh, percent. Do you guys agree with that? Do you do you guys agree with Kanan? Do you think Judy's the top guy over? Henry I, 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 think, I so. think so too. I think that teams, for some reason, they see the speed factor, and that just uh, succumbs all other aspects of the game in football. But I think the the best aspect is the footwork and his and his route running. It's something that you just cannot teach. It's just a gift. It's a natural born gift. Uh, his, his ability, his uh, his agility, his hands as well. Henry Ruggs is nice and all, but we've seen teams, you know reach for these guys with speed. You see a guy in John Ross in Cincinnati. We don't really know if he's panned out. The main reason he was drafted in the top 10 was because he set the record for fastest 40-yard dash, and Henry Ruggs right there, too. And on the 40, he, he pulled his hamstring. And that's already that should, be a, that should be a waiver right there, let alone. But Jerry Judy, not, not saying that Henry Ruggs is going to be that same guy, but Jerry Judy, I, I think that's the guy. I, I don't know how you pass up on him, but they did. Uh, I think that Harry Ruggs is also a great receiver, but if you're determining which uh, Bama receiver is better, I think Jerry Judy, hands down. Great. 100%. Kanan, um, next question for you. So when you talk about offensive linemen, where does Bama offensive tackle Jedrick Wills rank amongst the top offensive linemen in this year's draft? Do you think he was drafted too low? No, I think that's a perfect, uh, um, perfect where he went. Um, you know, we all know Christian uh, Worfs. He's the best lineman in the draft. Um, I like I like Jedrick a lot. You know, um, he can protect Baker. Baker needs protection to get the ball to start. Landry and Odell. You know, he, he's got to have protection. And I, you know, he wasn't protected last year. I felt like teams were blitzing, and he was rushed to make bad throws. And you know. You you upgrade on a on a perfect lineman. Now he was uh he was all he was an all American first team all a uh, all SEC. His he's quick. His hands are great. He just has he just has to um work on making better reads. You know he's got to learn more on that, making better reads, picking up the blitz. So it doesn't happen. Baker Mayfield again. Yeah. I agree with you there. Uh, by the way, Grant Delpit is now off the board. He was just picked by the Browns, number 44 overall, safety out of LSU. That's a really good pick. I know, Canyon, really you are very familiar with LSU as a, a Bama guy, an SEC fan. Uh, speaking of LSU, let's turn our attention to them and who the Cincinnati Bengals just drafted, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. Now, we know that Joe Burrow, this is now the third year in a row, that a Heisman Trophy winner was drafted number one overall. Uh, Kanan, 
did the Cincinnati Bengals make the right decision in selecting Joe Burrow? Honest opinion. They didn't. You know, of course, you got to go with Joe Burrow with the first pick. I personally like Chase Young. I understand what the Bengals are doing. The Bengals are preparing for, you know, for down the road for a franchise. They want this guy to be their quarterback for the next 12 to 15 years. You know, so I absolutely see where they're coming from. And, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, how can, you can't go wrong with Joe Burrow. You know, uh, I personally, I like, I really do like Case Young. You know, he's a big, you know, he's a big guy, very strong. He to the quarterback at 16 and a half sacks. You know, so, you know, we he didn't do anything the last two games of the season against Ohio State and uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. But I, I absolutely. Absolutely love Chase Young. Yeah. You know, I think Washington Washington got a really good pick there, you know, to add with Jonathan um, Allen. But, you know, you definitely – you can't go wrong with what the Bengals did. That's perfect. You know, Andy Dalton is – he's not he's not the best of quarterback, as, you know, some of us may know. Some of us are might be high on him. Some of us might be low on him. But I personally am not a big fan of Andy Dalton, so I think – Oh, I know. Joe Burrow, can, Joe Burrow can come in and, you know, he can, he can be starter week one. So, are you saying the Bengals should have drafted Chase Young, number one overall, instead of a future generational quarterback, potentially, in Joe Burrow? You know, we look at the market, who's out there, you know. You could have gotten, you could have gotten Chase Young and then you could have drafted, uh, well, you draft Chase Young and then you could sign Cam Newton. You know, Cam Newton's still out there. Um, you know, you have AJ Green, you have some, you have really good guys, you know, you have, um, Joe Mixon as a running back, you have good weapons, you get Cam Newton with Chase Young on that defense, you know, we all know the big question with Cam Newton is, is he healthy? Because when he's healthy, he puts up MVP type numbers, you know, it's a fact, when he's healthy, he puts up MVP type numbers, how long is Cam Newton going to be healthy and how long can he go for Two years, you know, where with Joe Burrow, you're trying to, you're trying to get 12 to 15 years with him. Just a quick update before I get to that. Uh, Tampa Bay at number 45 in the second round just drafted safety Antoine Winfield Jr., son of former Buckeye Antoine Winfield Sr., wow. who made a, a great career with the Minnesota Vikings. He, uh, <laughs> Antoine Winfield Jr., is headed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're old, Tom. I remember his dad. I remember when his dad played. Yeah, we are old. And uh, Roger Goodell <laughs> announcing uh, the Denver Broncos. Oh, just took wow. Ken, uh, KJ Hamler, wide receiver uh, out of Penn State. Russo, this is what I'm telling you. Stop saying wide receiver names. I'm the sorry. Are get one. <laughs> what do you know? Vic Fangio, a defensive-minded head coach, takes two wide receivers this in the first genius. two rounds of this draft. The Denver Broncos right now. Honestly, you add those two to Cortland Sutton, this Melvin awesome. Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Drew Locke. Watch That's out, awesome. Kansas City. Watch awesome. out. Yeah. They just do you they think, just, do you think they, the Chiefs should be scared after that? I think that if They're it wasn't for something. them having if it was not for them having obviously guys of the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, it's it's right there when it comes to receivers. You know, the the Chiefs got their guy, Demarcus Robinson, uh Tyreek Hill, uh, McColl. Hardman, who they drafted last year, another speed guy. But K.J. Hamler, 
Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton. That is a that is a trio I right I there. I didn't think they go wide receiver for in the both rounds. <sighs> Russo, really, do not say another wide receiver's name. I want a Ravens to I'm grab sorry. some of them. I am like, sorry. Oh, God. I was looking forward to seeing him in the purple and gold. Fonz, what do we got? Another 10 picks of the Ravens pick? It? 55, yeah. 55. Oh, 55 and 60, right? Yeah. All right. Listen, yeah. hopefully some guys fall. Hopefully some guys fall. So I, I really think that's a great pick. Kanan, do you have any questions for us right now? You know, everybody's been talking about Jordan Love. And if you're Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, what, what would you do? You know, would you want to – would you demand a trade to get out of there? So I was asking you guys, how do you – if you're Aaron Rodgers, how do you feel about Jordan Love being drafted in the first round? 100%. I knew he could have been a, a first-rounder. I just didn't think it would have been the Packers. I think they needed to go uh, receiver. Brandon Ayuk, Denzel Mims. You could even could even said, you know, KJ Hamler, Michael P- Like, a receiver they needed. Because mm-hmm. I think outside of Devontae Adams, I don't, I don't trust Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't even know who the other. I'm trying to think of who the other receivers are on that roster. Uh, they Geronimo. lost Geronimo Allison. Yeah, I'm no, but I'm, I, they 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 have it with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones as the running back. I think they needed a second wide receiver, and I think literally, oh, Lavishka Sinault from Colorado. That was another option. I yeah. said it like they needed. Really I needed. I was I was saying they need to get one of those receivers, and they did not do it. They traded up, and I thought they're going to get one, but no, they traded for Jordan Love, which. I get it. You want to prepare for the future, but you could have maybe waited for a guy like Hertz or Fromm in the second, third round. You didn't need to trade up for Love when you have Rodgers, who still, I think, has a couple of solid years left. First-round talent, yes, but I thought it would have been the Patriots or nothing. I didn't think the Packers would do it. I think that I think that if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, I request a trade, and I'll tell you why. He is one of the only players, and I think we could all agree with this, is that He's a guy that could literally turn a franchise around by himself. And we've seen him do that with the Packers. Is that when he's had nothing to work with, he's still managed to get them above 500, managed to take them into the playoffs. I mean, we got to remember, they just put together a defense this year. They just put the defense together. They got all the way to the NFC Championship game, in which they did get smacked. But he took them all the way there with just the additions of two, uh, two, three defensive players. He was able to do that. With absolutely no other additions, he was able to do that. I think if you put him on any other team with a needy quarterback situation, he, he's instantly impactful. You don't want to—guys might say that they want to groom quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's, uh, who's making some of the most money as a quarterback in this league. He's, he could easily run for MVP every single year. This is not a guy that wants to groom a quarterback. He wants to win a Super Bowl. That's not part. That's not what he signed up for. Again, Tom, like you alluded to earlier, he was on a Pat McAfee show asking for a special teams player. You don't want a backup quarterback. That's not helping you get to the Super Bowl. How is Jordan Love on the bench helping you overcome the 49ers in the NFC Championship game? That's not helping you. And like Fonz, like you said, it's just something that they did not need. And I think it was – and it might have even waited. been a reach. They could have waited. waited. Jordan Love could have been there in the second round, maybe even the third round. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think this was a dumb move, taking Jordan Love. Uh, look, nothing against the guy. This is a guy that might not touch a football for four to five years. Remember, Rodgers didn't start. He sat behind Rodgers for three years. He doesn't have as many miles on you know his, his arms and his legs. So it's definitely something to keep in the back of our minds. Not saying Jordan Love can't be successful in Green Bay. You know, I wish the guy the best, but 
you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers needs help. He needs a supporting cast. He needs skills players. I, I personally don't think taking a quarterback when you have so many other holes and the Partridge and Blake Martinez, Brian Balaga, uh, and Jimmy Graham, like, you, you need to fill those voids. I mean, I don't think taking a quarterback round one was necessary. Maybe in the mid-rounds, Kanan, though. Uh, and look, that's nothing against Jordan Love. It's more against Green Bay. And I think putting themselves in a trap. I mean, they didn't go 13 and three for no reason. Uh, I have one last question for you. Uh, Wait, I'm before... sorry, I just interrupt you. I yeah, agree sure. 100% with all you guys. My 27% of his passes were uncatchable. Jordan Love. So you know, you got the Packers coming up, moving up to try to uh, draft them in the late first round. I think it's ridiculous. Like 27% of his passes were un- were uncatchable. Um, you know, it's just, with him, you know, you're going to pay him this rookie contract just to sit on the bench. So, you know, I, I think they could have gotten him in the second, third round or gotten a better quarterback. I agree. Um, look, a guy who threw, what was it, 17 or 19 picks in the, in the Pac-12, that's just, you know, that just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't know if it's a guy that should be drafted in the first round or not. But, uh, Kanan, my last question to you is the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously, they just drafted a wide receiver. So you add T. Higgins to John Ross, A.J. Green, and Tyler, Tyler Boyd. Boyd. Yeah. So it's, it's just insane what they have now for Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. They have a great defense. And it's definitely going to be interesting to see in the long run. Cannon, any uh, any final thoughts you have for the guys here on the show? Hey, thank you guys for having me. Hey, I just want to say one thing. Antonio Brown's still out there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, what a, what a great way to end. What a great way to end. I know he's a head case. But, hey, you get a coach who can deal with egos. Hey, listen, you win a couple of championships. <laughs> thank you very much, Kane. All right, thank you guys for having me. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Before we're gonna have Andrew Scarpacci come on and give us his mock draft for the Green Bay Packers in just a few minutes, but more college sports news. I just want to bring this up. You know, I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Uh on Wednesday, Muffet McGraw announces her retirement. Uh, from Notre Dame women's basketball. She steps down after 33 seasons as the head coach for the Fighting Irish, left a legacy on this program. And in her place is Neil Ivey, former player, former assistant coach. I think this is a great replacement for Muffet. But nobody's going to replace Muffet. This coach led Notre Dame to 26 NCAA tournament appearances and two national titles. She was four-time AP coach of the year with 936 career wins and nine Final Fours. I mean, I think that just speaks for itself. I know we're not in college basketball season right now, but, you know, this really hits me hard as a big Notre Dame fan. And I know you guys have seen what she's done for her for her girls, her players, so many WNBA players. You know, you talk about Alabama guys making the NFL. You, you see... Her players doing the same in NCAA women's basketball. And, you know, sad to see her go, but uh, great career. Uh, Fonz, I know you're a big college basketball guy, uh, and Kyle as well. So I know uh, 
you guys have uh, – I don't know if you guys pay as much attention to the women's tournaments as the men's, but I definitely think that um, Notre Dame has been a consistent team oh, yeah, no, in the no mix every single yeah. year. Yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what do you think of – yeah, Notre Dame's up there in the program is one of the best, you know, not just women's but all college basketball, like in their program. So, yeah, the, a great career, and, you know, we'll see what the new era is over there. So let's get back some live coverage. This just in, the Seattle Seahawks acquire the number 48 pick from the New York Jets for the number 59 pick and the 101st pick in the third round. So Seattle just made that pick, guys. It's an interesting pick. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. pick. I thought if you're going to draft a, an edge or an end, I thought that A.J. Epineza would have been a we perfect should, pick. Like I was, we should catch up on, yeah, because there's been some other picks here. I mean, I said, well, Atlanta Falcons got Marlon Davidson from Auburn, the pick prior. That's a great pick. And then that's a great pick. Daryl Taylor for the Seahawks. I mean, wow. I didn't think he'd be I didn't think that was enough. You have Epinenza up there. That is, wow. It's a reach. But, you know, Seattle, they, they built their name on defense, and they, and they seem to scout guys that have panned out pretty well for them. Frank Clark necessarily wasn't the biggest of the names. Look how he turned out. Um, I'm trying to uh, – Jaron Reed, another one as well. He panned out pretty well. Uh, they get these defensive guys, and they turn them into, you know, well-known names around the NFL. That's true. That's true. I mean, that Seahawks first-round pick, Jordan Brooks, I liked. But much like the Damon Arnett, I had him going in, like, the second, third round. I didn't expect him to be a first-round yeah. When they had Patrick Queen right there, so when I saw that they skipped Patrick Queen, I'm like, all right, going right to the Ravens. There's no way they're going to mess that one up. But he had two reaches for Seattle, but, I mean – Pete done this before too. I mean, he's 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 done. He's had the reaches before. Remember, he selected Rashad Penny when they didn't need a running back in the first round. I don't even know. I think it was like two years ago, I believe. Yeah, that was yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, so that was two years ago. Track if he's done it before. Yeah, and they don't even they use Chris Carson and CJ Procise. But I guess that I guess this settles down the storm now uh, in regards to Jadavian Clowney potentially coming back. They just. Uh, drafted a defensive end in the yeah, second they're, round. They're preparing for post judy because if they didn't get him now, you know he's not going to. Yeah, right. Makes sense. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, as the NFL draft moves on, uh, guys. I know we're about midway through the second round now. What do you guys think of these picks tonight? I know there's been a lot of interesting picks. What's the one that stuck most out to you guys? I think I think the Jaguars getting Lavisca Sinault. Another wide receiver, I like it, but he's just been so much injury yeah. concerned. He would have been. He's a first round talent, but with a lot of injuries, I think when you did have, you know, like KJ Hamler already available at that point, you could have taken him. I mean, they probably see they want another speed guy outside next to DJ Chark and DD Westbrook, but yeah, that was probably one of the more surprising ones. I think drafting Swift when I think the Lions could have had some other needs at that point. Uh, the Patriots with Kyle Duger from. Lenore Ryan, a D2 school. I mean, that is also just a Bill Belichick pick. That was kind of one of the more crazy ones. The second round, that's when you get a lot of interesting picks, too. You just kind of get, like, half team needs, but half, like, can they fit this, like, can they fit the system? 100%. Um, for me, you know, I got to say, I, I, and look, this is this is no bias. Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney. Uh, look, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't go wrong with an Alabama safety. We saw what the Giants did a few years ago when they took Landon Collins, guys. So it's just going to be something that is really 
time will tell. I mean, you're going to learn from a guy like Jabril Peppers, guys in the secondary like James Bradbury. I really think Xavier McKinney is going to be a great fit. Uh, again, this is a first-round talent. And I really like the Yasser Gross-Matos uh, pick as well. Uh, that's that's right up there with McKinney for sure. And I really like what Tampa Bay did. I really like what Tampa Bay did. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers have not been in the playoffs forever. And taking Antoine Winfield to pair with Tristan Wirfs, look, they need help on their defense. So uh, those are just a few notables for me. Yeah, and that, those are very good picks for the two safeties there. Christian Fulton's still on the board. Yeah, yeah this is – that's crazy. That's we, insane. I had him as high as, like, 16 to the Falcons. Yeah, that's exactly where I had him. I had him around – 16, I think maybe I, 19 to the Raiders, but I had him, like, in the mid-teens. I think I had the Jaguars taking him at 20, but obviously they drafted C.J. Henderson with the ninth. Yeah, that really Steelers. depends on who they got at nine, but I could totally see that, too. And Grant – I mean, Grant Delpit, I mean, he's already oh, taken. Fonz. Chase Claypool to the Steelers. Fonz. Oh, my goodness. Oh, damn, Fonz. God. Why are you spoiling it? This is not a good Bruce, night for Fonz, guys. I thought it would a perfect. Oh, wait. Denzel, Bruce, Mims, so is still, you, Denzel Mims is still on the board. Bruce, yeah, I think yeah. you should do, do Fonz a favor. Do not talk about wide receivers for the rest of the draft. I mean, listen. By the time that we get to the Ravens pick, which is another six, there might not be any left at this point. Well, let me, let me think is, here. Bears, you just Bears Cowboys, Rams, Eagles, Bills. Oh, the Bills might need might get Denzel Mims. The Ravens need a trade up here. <laughs> oh man, Chase Claypool to the Steelers. That's that's nice with Juju. That, that, yeah, those are two. Perfect, that's a perfect. Yeah, thing, those man. are two huge athletic freaks. Pittsburgh that's, needs they, the big body players. That's why I think Jacob Eason would fit perfectly there, and Chase Claypool also fits perfectly there. And adding Eric Ebron, even at the tight end position, another he huge play, athletic he freak. He play tight end too, so they want to do a two tight end because there are rumors that they would he would consider moving a tight end if like they need if some teams wanted him to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, an awesome pick though for the Steelers. Pittsburgh, yeah, that's their first pick of the draft too. And they're going, oh, they're going, they're all going to the division rival. That's the problem. I don't care where if they went anywhere else, but they're all going T. Higgins to the Bengals, Claypool. Oh man, oh, oh boy, it's oh man, it's going to be a very interesting rest of the night, guys. Buckle your seatbelts. The Chicago Bears are back on the clock. They just took Cole Komet, and their pick's already in. So I know they didn't have a first rounder like the Steelers did. Uh, Dallas is actually up next. So I really like uh, what the Bears uh, did with that Cole Komet pick. They have him and Jimmy Graham, a good pair of tight ends, solidified in there. As you see, Roger Goodell um, in front of his TV there. I believe he's talking to Cole. But uh, as the Chicago Bears are about to make their next pick, so who do you guys think is the best remaining player on the board? Because right now I'm looking at these guys on the board, and clearly to me it's got to be – Christian Fulton, J.K. Dobbins, Curtis Weaver, uh, those guys. I like Josh uh, Josh Jones a lot, and I think that the Bears might go in this offensive line direction, uh, considering that Kyle Long, I believe Kyle Long retired, I believe, right at the offensive line position. I know that he was their center, but I think they need they need to. No, he was their tackle. He was a tackle. My bad. They need to bulk up this offensive line as they now select. Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah. I like this. I like Jalen Johnson a lot. I do like Jalen Johnson. A Interesting. Whole lot. Good pick. It is a good pick. They add him. 
to Cole Komet, I think the Bears are having a really good night so far. I mean, look, this is a first-round talent. This guy, I, I think, could have went number 19 overall or lower in that first round. We now have our guest up, Andrew Scarpacci. Welcome to the show. Let me change Thank you for having me back. Here we go. We are good. As Andrew Scarpacci joining us, thank you very much for that, Fonz. So uh, uh, let's talk it's... about your Green Bay Packers. So... Obviously, the Green Bay Packers were 13-3 and last season. They had 10 picks going into this draft. They lost in the NFC Championship game to the 49ers. And they have just two picks out of their next 142 picks around the controversy last night. A lot of people have been calling this, uh, you know, not one of the best picks in the draft. Andrew, what are your thoughts on Jordan Love? I definitely have mixed opinions on it. So first off, yes, it did work with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre back in 2005. But here's the thing. They were 13-3 and three last year. They had a big opportunity to make a run for it this year. I think they should have went for a more impact player now. T. Higgins was still on the board. That's who I predicted them to get. They also could have got a top-level lineman. But um, on the other hand, like, who knows what this guy can do? Like, he does. he obviously has talent, and he could bring the Packers to the next level in a few years from now. However, I think if they were trying to get a quarterback to develop years from now, they should have done it in the fourth or fifth round and get that more impact guy this round. And if they wanted to get a quarterback first round, they should have waited till Aaron Rodgers had nothing left, then go all in on a guy and bring him right up in three years from now when when they're planning on having someone like Jordan Love start. I just find it hard to invest in a future that might not start until four to five years from now. Uh, and waste a first-round pick on it. Quite frankly, I think Green Bay just wasted their first-round pick. They have so many other holes they have to fill. Brian yeah, exactly. Balaga. I agree with that 100%. They're trying, they figure it worked 15 years ago. Why won't it work now? The difference is Aaron Rodgers was supposed to go top five, and he was a steal. How could you pass him up? This guy, I mean, he was going to go late first round, early second round, but I think they rushed it. They, sh- I think they should have got T. Higgins or a lineman and then get someone in Jordan Love's position in the fourth or fifth round, if that's what they were trying to do, I think that would have worked out better. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot of people were thinking maybe a Denzel Mims, uh, Mims, a Josh Jones. Well, let's start out with a question from you. I mean, do you, do you have something specific in mind that you wanted to ask us? Because, I mean, I know, I know we have to go over our mocks too, but I wanted to touch upon any of your thoughts. Uh, I know you sent me a couple questions over the week that you had. Well, yeah, I was pretty much 100% sure the Packers were not going to go a quarterback first round. So I was going to ask you, do you think they should go drafting a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round this year and develop him like how they are anticipating Jordan Love? Or should they wait three years, then get a quarterback first round, throw him into the fire and see what he's got? Obviously, now we see what they're trying to do. They're trying to develop a guy in the first round but three years from now i don't think this was the year to do that i think this was the year for them to go to the next level now yeah so what do you think about that so here's my thing right when eli manning was 36 there there was no rush to replace him there's been no rush to replace ben roethlisberger or philip rivers why aaron Rodgers when he's been the best arguably the best quarterback uh besides tom brady and drew Brees this past decade and you, you're coming off a 13-3 and three season, NFC Championship game appearance. The guy only threw, what, two picks all season? Why do you need to replace him, especially when he didn't even play his first three years of his career? It's not like he has miles on him like some of these other guys at his age. I think it's silly. I love Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he deserved this. But, hey, 
you know, at the end of the day, who who was the previous GM? Uh, Murphy. Um, and then you got a uh, Mike McCarthy too. So those two guys, um, I think he did mesh well with them, but I'm not sure at, now you're looking at Matt LaFleur. I mean, a guy, he's an inexperienced head coach. So I think Rogers carried green Bay to where they were. Oh, last definitely. Year. I a hundred percent agree with that. And they're, they're two edge rushers in the Smiths. So Andrew, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, for drafting your maybe future quarterback, maybe not, do you think they drafted him because of how, not to say how injury-prone Rodgers has become, but just because he can, be, he can get injured and his injuries can last him quite some time? I think it's flat out because they, they think – we did it 15 years ago. Why not try it again? It's about the same age that um, Brett Favre was. It worked out then. Why not work out now? Different scenario was Aaron Rodgers was a top um, quarterback going in. Jordan Love is not. So I just I don't think it was the right time to do it. But I'm not 100 percent different. Yeah. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years for the yeah. Packers. Cause if I, if I'm the Minnesota Vikings last night, Gabe Flayton's text me, Oh my gosh, the Packers just took a quarterback. This is great for Minnesota. Oh yeah. Uh, a, a team who before the draft was in trouble and then they accumulated even more draft picks. But uh, Andrew, uh, let's I think go the over our giving up their fourth round pick to get yeah. to move up just well, four spots. Too. Right. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't that, make that sense. That should have been the round they took the quarterback. Because if they're not planning on using him three years anyway, it's not a huge bust if he if it doesn't work out. Yeah, I it's agree. Kind of that opportunity. And look, Andrew, I, I brought this up to our last caller, Kanan. This is nothing against Jordan Love. You know, we wish That's him the best of success. He, he's in uh, green and gold now. So it, it's it's going to be a challenge for this guy. Um you know, sit on the bench. I don't know how this will impact him, but, you know, he's a good kid. Hopefully they can get him going. Um, now, let's go over our mock drafts for Green Bay. I know we posted our mock drafts on social media. Why don't you list off who you have on your Packers mock draft? Obviously, we know well, the first, first round is done. So, But you could still yeah. list off uh, all those picks. First, I had them going T. Higgins in the first round. I was hoping he was still on the board. I figured if he's not on the board, obviously they can't get him. But if he's on the board, they're going to take him. And I, and I was 100% expecting them to take him because he was still in. Second round, I had him going um, Austin Jackson. Obviously, that's not happening. I was shocked at, at how early he ta- he was taken, like barely the middle of the first round. I thought he was going to be around the time that Jordan Love got taken. Third round, I had them going Malik Harrison of Ohio State linebacker. That's definitely a possibility. With um, they definitely need an inside linebacker now. That's a hundred percent possible. They should definitely draft one in in the first few rounds. So obviously I like they have to... it. What? No, I said I I like it because I have a linebacker going in round three as well. Yeah, because um, with the loss of Blake Martinez, most ta- second most tackles in the NFL. I mean, that's a huge loss, and they definitely need someone who can be ready to step up to replace them in any moment. Lamar Jackson, the cornerback of Nebraska. Their corner, I mean, the Packers secondary is solid, but they could always use an extra piece. Like um, Kevin King, I mean, he definitely has so much talent, so much potential. Like, they're all young, but I mean, 
they could use a guy like a middle round like him to maybe give them an extra boost, um, take the load off. Thaddeus Moss, their tight end, obviously um, they need a tight end now after um, Jimmy Graham is now gone. So, I mean, Thaddeus Moss is similar to an extent that Jimmy Graham was. He can catch the ball. He's a better blocker than Jimmy Graham was, but the Packers, up until Jimmy Graham, the Packers were always a run block first tight end and then pass second. Jimmy Graham kind of um, changed that, but I think now with Thaddeus Moss, they can go back to what they were originally doing, but also having someone who can catch the ball routinely. Right. And then um, I, Johnson, yeah. uh, sixth round with the 192nd pick, they'll go John Simpson, the guard from Clemson. They need more help on the offensive line. They definitely need at least two to three linemen this draft. I, they should definitely take one next round if they don't take a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Tezuka, defensive end, North Dakota. Derek Tosca, yeah. Later in, the round, later in the sixth round. So, again, their line isn't bad, but they could always use a boost. The it's solid, but it could always be better. It's not. It's not top tier. And then, um, um, Jalen Elliott, the safety of Notre Dame. Um, same reason of Lamar Jackson. They they don't need a boost in their secondary, but it's definitely something that could help. They got. They could definitely. I'm not going to say anyone in their secondary has reached their peak. They still have a lot more potential to get, but they need more in their secondary just to, again, give them a balance out. Um, Marcus Callaway, wide receiver. Uh, I like that one. Yeah. yeah. So again, that same thing as T Higgins, I'm hoping he's still around because he could go and he could, he could go anywhere in the fourth or fifth round. But I mean, if people pass him up, I, it would definitely be a mistake for the Packers to not take him either in the sixth or seventh round. Cause he's definitely someone that can give the receivers a boost, um, increase the um, amount of depth that they have there. And lastly, Benino Jones, defensive tackle of Ole Mississippi as their last pick, um, 242. So again, same thing as the defensive line. Give them a boost. Give them some more depth. It's not something that'll be a make or break, but it'll definitely help them out in the long run. Right. So I enjoyed your mock draft. I do think a tight end and an interior linebacker are very important for this yeah. team. Uh, Kyle Russo, let's hear let's hear yours. See how it uh, see how it stacks up to Andrews. So my second round pick, pick number sixty-two. I haven't taken Willie Gay Jr., linebacker out of Mississippi State. I think this guy is one of the best players left at the linebacker position, left on the board. But I do see with another uh, 9, 10 picks left until the Packers pick at 62, if a guy in Denzel Mims is there, you must absolutely take him. Right. Uh, third round, yeah. third round. I haven't taken Hunter Bryant, tight end out of Washington. Need to replace somebody at that tight end position uh, with Jimmy Graham leaving. A.J. Dillon running back out of Boston College. I like the duo, though. They have an Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, but I like A.J. Dillon, a, a bigger, stronger back uh, that could potentially uh, be a third-down um, a third down situational uh, running back. Then I have Broderick Washington, Jr., fifth-round pick, defensive tackle out of Texas Tech. Uh, six round, my first six-round pick, uh, Isang Bassey, cornerback out of Wake Forest. I like Jair Alexander. I think he's really good. I don't know how much I trust uh, Kevin King. I'm not saying that. Bassey as a six-round pick would replace him, but could potentially compete for that cornerback position. Uh, Colton McKivitz, uh, offensive tackle out of West Virginia. Um, they just need they need bulk of the position. Obviously, after losing uh, Brian Balaga, they need to replace uh, an offensive tackle. Uh, Kevin Dotson, six-round uh, guard out of Louisiana. My seventh-round pick, Ohio State wide receiver Benjamin Victor. Again, they really, 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 really need to address that wide receiver position, being that 
uh, Marquise Vandalis, uh Scantling is the only receiver behind De- uh, Devontae Adams as far as I'm concerned on the depth chart. And then I also have him taking Austin Mack, wide receiver out of Ohio State as well, just to build upon that um, wide receiver depth. So you have two oh, you have two Ohio State receivers going last two picks, right? Yes. Okay. Interesting. I definitely agree with a lot of things you're saying. A lot of them isn't make or break, but it, it gives them the depth. It gives them more options that they need. The only thing I disagree with, though, a position that I don't, I don't particularly think they need that is running back. They have Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, but they also have um, Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin. So obviously they're not stars by any means, but they're all age 26 or younger. They can develop any of them to be either a second or third solid third down back. So I don't think getting another running back is what they need right now. I think they should go for depth um, depth for positions that have more leeway. Right. Okay. My, my only thing, Andrew, you said T Higgins. I think he's off the board. He was taken earlier on. Uh, I don't know if he was in yours. First pick pick of the second round. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah. My, I like Russo's mock. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I do think they might need a uh, complimentary running back, and here's why. Uh, you know, they have four backs under 26 and under. That's great. But in the NFL, we know injuries happen, and there's a lot of running backs available in this draft, and I'm looking at the classes next year. They're, it's Again, it's a very difficult situation where I think it's just good to have competition. And the Packers do have a lot of picks, Andrew. It's not like we're saying it's a weakness. It's more like, ooh, this guy's there. If he falls into your lap, take him, you know? But okay, I to- I totally get your point how a running back is not necessary. There's um, only one can play at a time versus something like receiver and corner where you need more depth. Right, unless you or more secondary two, options. Um, unless you put two running backs in the backfield, because yeah. sometimes teams will use a third down back. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, one will block, one will run, both will block. Right. Back. So for mine, uh, I had Mims going number thirty. Obviously, the guy's still on the board. Um, he's still on my best available list. I had Damon Arnett going in round two at number sixty-two. We saw what happened to him. He went. He went 43 picks prior than I had projected him to go out of Ohio State. A lot of guys thought that was a reach and that he should have went in the second round. Uh, Third round, I have Logan Wilson, linebacker out of Wyoming, a good, strong side linebacker, similar to what Andrew had uh, in his pick. Jack Driscoll, offensive tackle out of Auburn in round four. A lot of mocks have this guy going to Green Bay. They need somebody to uh, to replace Brian Balaga, so I think this is a guy that could fill that void for the pack. I was hoping that would have been Austin Jackson, but that's out of the question. McTelvin Ajim from Arkansas, a defensive tackle in the fifth round. Green Bay, uh, obviously they run that 3-4 set, but they're going to need a defensive tackle in there. Uh, in the sixth round, Dalton Keene, tight end out of Virginia Tech. Um, obviously they lost Jimmy Graham. I'm not 100%, 100% sure that I'm sold on Sternberger yet, so this will be something that, They'll evaluate tomorrow on day three. In their second sixth-round pick, I have them taking Tanner Moose, a safety out of Clemson. That pick was originally from Tennessee. He's a hybrid-type player, finds the football well. Uh, Only weakness about him, he can't stay with running backs and wide receivers as much, but he's a nice guy to throw into the box. Uh, Led the Tigers with four picks last season. My last three picks for Green Bay, the last one in the sixth round, Danny Pinter, a guard out of Ball State. And then in the seventh round, I have them taking Freddie Swain, wide receiver out of Florida. And then the last pick, I have them taking J.J. Taylor, running back out of Arizona. 
So that's my mock draft. I think the reason why Taylor, he's 5'5". He, he would be the shortest player in the NFL. Uh, he can break tackles really well and plays a lot bigger than his size. I think Jack Driscoll, what's really interesting about him, he's actually a grad transfer from UMass to Auburn. So he elevated to the SEC in his last year of eligibility. Uh, he has really good athleticism, and he's a good scheme run blocker. And I like Logan Wilson too, man. Uh, three-year captain, great instincts, and a smart guy uh, who can improve his pass coverage, but he's the type of linebacker you want if you're the Green Bay Packers in round three. So, uh, Fonz, actually, I know you wanted to chip in. You had a comment about uh, about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I personally, I like this a lot for Philadelphia, uh, which is crazy to think. Carson Wentz does get hurt a lot, and here's the thing with Jalen Hurts. When he lost his job to Tua at Bama, did he complain once? He did not. He did not complain once. He stuck. He stayed put with the team and taught Tua and, was a, and did not complain and was very respectful for the program. And then when he came in, he balled out and then went back to the bench role. He knows how to be a backup. And I think when he goes to the Eagles, he'll know he's going to be a backup right away. He's done it before. And it's a good spot where he has a chance to somewhat eventually play if Wentz gets down. I like... I do like Hurts, the character, because it kind of showed that you see, I have an example, Kelly Bryant, when he lost his job to Trevor Lawrence, he just left the team. Oh, yeah. You've seen, you've seen quarterbacks, they just, they just leave right away. Uh, who was the guy? Justin Fields. He left when Jake Fromm was playing over him, went to Ohio State. And that's his name, right? Justin Fields from Georgia to Ohio State. Yes. Yeah. Jalen Hurts did not do that. He stayed there, graduated, and then he had one more year, so he decided to go to Oklahoma. So I think this is very good character. He knows how to be a backup, and I think this is a very good spot for him. Yeah, man. Kyle, Kyle. add on to that point, I mean, I just, uh, before we get into this Bills pick, because this is a great pick, but with Jalen Hurts, yeah, he stuck behind too. He didn't complain. But then he transferred to Oklahoma, balled out, and now he's a second-round pick. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he, this gra- he, didn't, to... he didn't just he graduated, so it's not like he like transferred out. Like he graduated. Personally, if you're Green Bay, that's a guy you should have been looking at later on. I mean, I think that would yeah, still be the, the same. too soon. Those teams should have definitely went for. But him. and then the Bills just took AJ Ipaniza. But um, that means Ravens are on the clock, and Denzel Mims is right at their fingertips. That's correct. So will the Ravens take Denzel Mims? Uh, Andrew, so my last question for you tonight, obviously Green Bay, they're in need for some secondary help as well. And with Damon Arnett off the board, who do you see the Packers possibly going after with their third-round pick and their second-round pick that's coming up shortly? Well, I definitely said Lamar Jackson's one of the guys they should be looking at. I um, think he's definitely that cornerback that they need. Again, um, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, um, they're, again, not bad, but they need more depth pieces, obviously, like you said, and um, more options just out of that, um, out of the backfield area, just give them more of a leeway. So I think Lamar Jackson, if he's still on the board, they should definitely take him. That's who I had them taking in the, in the third round. And if if he's still there in, in the third or fourth round, they should definitely take him. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Lamar Jackson out of Nebraska. Bonds, no pun intended, to your Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he could be a good addition. Uh, I know there's still a couple safeties on the – again, a, a day three guy to look out for, Andrew, is Tanner Moose. There's a lot of rumors on this guy. So I, I would definitely keep your eye on him tomorrow. Andrew, anything you'd like to ask us before we let you go? Overall, like, what do you all think of the Packers pick? Do you think it will work out? Do you think it w- won't work out? Do you think they 
might have just messed up their chances of making a Super Bowl run this year if they didn't have that one big piece, that one big star that they would have needed? They needed a receiver. I think they I, yeah. they could have waited for Hertz or Fromm in the second, third round. I think they needed to get a guy like Mims, uh, LaVisca Sonault, or T. Higgins at that spot. Um, yeah, they needed to help get a weapon for Rodgers. He has a couple of years left. That's just I, I wasn't a big fan of the pick. Andrew, to answer your question real quick, I think they messed up not because they didn't draft a skills position player, but because uh, Aaron Rodgers, they pissed Aaron Rodgers off. And I think that's going to that's gonna hurt the team. It's going to hurt the team a lot because the last guy that Aaron Rodgers didn't necessarily agree with got fired and kicked out of the in Green Bay and yeah. Mike McCarthy. And to have something like this happen, it's just, eh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to pan out well. When Jordan Love was drafted, he didn't even really look that excited. I don't think it's because he didn't want to go to the Packers or didn't want to work on Aaron Rodgers. But being a first-round pick, he wanted to start. Right. He yeah. doesn't want to wait three years. Yeah, 100%. So it's going to be interesting. Short two years at least. Yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for your call tonight. And we, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. No problem. All right. That was Andrew Scarpacci. From Hicksville, New York, guys. So with 10 minutes to go tonight, we've done a great job. We'll recap some of the notable day two picks so far and some of the best remaining guys on the board. Uh, I love the Chase Claypool pick by Pittsburgh. I, To me now, that's the best pick that stands out. Uh, this guy has been climbing up draft boards. He's a tall receiver, which is what Pittsburgh needs to complement guys like Juju and Deontay Johnson so that they could contend against these elite Ravens cornerbacks and Peters and Humphrey. Fonz, uh, what do you think of this Chase Clay? I mean, I hate to keep putting you on the spot with the Ravens on the clock, but, uh, man, this Chase Claypool pick, I, uh, I, I know, love I, it personally. I agree. A uh, big-bodied receiver pairs along nicely with Juju. Uh, gives him a nice red zone target alongside with Eric Ebron. Big Ben is going to love having this guy. Uh, I know they were thinking about moving him to tight end, but I think when they have Vance McDonald's, uh, and Eric Ebron, they're probably going to keep him at receiver for now. So I think it's a very good – they have those – uh, him, Juju, Ebron, McDonald. They still have James Washington there too and Deontay Johnson. It's a very good receiving core they have in uh, in Pittsburgh. And they still have James Conner in the backfield with Benny Snell. Yeah. Fonz, I wouldn't rule out a guy like Justin Matabook here or Ezra Cleveland as well. Uh, just saying, those two guys um, are still on the board right now, and the Ravens could use – an they offensive could, but lineman. they also have that pick 60. You know, they have pick 60, so maybe they will maybe they can uh, – I'm trying to think here in between. I just think they just need a receiver to get with, along with that. Was in it? my – right, yeah, Dolphins, I do think a wide Dolphins, receiver. Dolphins, Rams, Vikings, Jets are in between the Ravens' picks. Right, so realistically, oh. the Jets definitely need a wide receiver, so I, I think it's going to be hit or miss. I'd expect Julian O'Quara to go off the board shortly. Um I think he's one of the best re- remaining prospects. Uh, I should just trust James. the Ravens, though. They always know how to draft, though, so I shouldn't even be upset by it. I did. I do like the Patrick Queen pick. Don't get me wrong, guys. I just I really wanted a, a wide receiver. Yeah. No, I completely agree. The, the Ravens need a receiver to complement Hollywood Brown. James, which pick stands out the most to you tonight so far? I know we're just about through round two. You know, there, there's been a lot of them, honestly. Probably the Eagles. They draft a quarterback. Um, shows you they don't have faith in the quarterback they have now. Yes, he's very injury prone. I'm quite surprised that they draft a quarterback. Um, that would be the biggest upset I have at the moment um, that really stuck out to me. Other than that, 
pretty much everything seemed about somewhat normal in my sense. I think that James, I would, I would have to agree with you. Um, one of the, I, I think it's a major surprise, you know, Fonz, even though you brought up some great points, how he is injury prone, this is, didn't they just extend Carson Wentz and give him a yeah, massive that's contract? Also, that, that's also yeah. kind of the, uh, the problem, and then, too. And then even a draft Jalen Hurts as I mean, I was talking about earlier, Jalen Hurts going maybe third round as a quarterback to the Steelers to go second round. And, and really early in the second round, Fonz will wait. Your Baltimore pick is coming yep. in. Oh, no. Your Baltimore. And uh, Tom had some technical difficulties. Oh, oh they, they – J.K. Uh, Dobbins. A running back. We got a running back that early? Fine. Why don't you give us a quick summary of what you think of this pick right now? I I know you were looking for a wide receiver. Okay, well, here's the thing. Um, We also, there was a problem where they needed a running back when Mark Ingram got hurt in the playoff game. Uh, I said that they would go in the third round for Zach Moss from Utah. But you know what? The Ravens do this thing sometimes where, like, they – most of the time after the first round, they don't do team need. They just do who's the best guy available. And I think Dobbins, if I'm not mistaken, is probably one of the better guys available at that point. And they always yeah. do it. Even when they have they have other running backs in the roster, but he's like, hey, it's the best player. So why not? So, yeah, this is this is perfect. I love this. Wow. I didn't, forget, I didn't even realize I would go for J.K. Dobbins. That is awesome. So yeah. fun. The way it sounds like you're pretty happy about this pick your Ravens just gave. Oh, I'm more than happy. Fonz, let me ask you a question. I know you were trying to get Tom back, but in the midst of things, let me ask you a question. You think that now having uh, an extremely powerful tandem in Mark Ingram and now J.K. Dobbins as a tandem of running backs, do you think that that means that um, John Harbaugh is now going to take the approach of – or is it Jim or John? I always get that confused. It's John John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. You think John Harbaugh now as the coach is going to take the approach and – uh, not allow Lamar Jackson to run as much now, having the dual threat at running back. You know, kind of. That's probably what, they're probably going to do that now. That's probably what the, the that's the case. I mean, they're probably still at Lamar run a little bit here and there, but they're not going to go out of the way to make it like all right. He has to run for a thousand two hundred yards again. They want to <laughs> have a security blanket uh, with uh, Mark Ingram because he got hurt. And what happened? I like Gus Edwards. I like Justice Hill, but he wasn't the big power running back that Mark Ingram was. So Dobbins is a a reliable option here. I thought he would – I didn't think they would go – I thought they would go running back in third round. But you know what? Like I just said, Ravens do best player available. He was the best player available at this point, regardless of team need. I like it. Well, you still got another pick at pick 60. So hopefully uh, the Ravens can address that wide receiver need, maybe an offensive lineman. You know, there's been rumors around Matt Hennessy. Uh, at a tempo at the center position. You guys obviously just lost uh, Marshall Yonda at the center position after yeah. having him for an extremely long tenure throughout, I think it was 13, 14 years, something like that, even longer than that. Excellent. One of the best centers that the NFL has ever seen, uh, potentially replace him. But I'm hoping you've been praying for a wide receiver all night. You've been seeing him drop to other teams. I hope that you guys could cash in at that number 60 pick. And, Tom, you're back. Tommy! I am back. <laughs> J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins. Oh, my uh, you wonder why wow. I like yeah. I like Zach Moss. I uh, did like Zach Moss more, but you know what? J.K. Dobbins is such a stud too at Ohio State. I'm not even 100. percent This is a great pick for Baltimore fans. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, lose sleep over this one. This is a guy that could really help you out in the long term. Uh, look, we saw this work well with New Orleans with Kamara and Ingram. I think this could work now, very well now for Baltimore. And you have another pick just a few picks away, so you know it could be a receiver. 
It could be an edge rusher, as Roger Goodell is about to announce Miami's pick, 56th overall. But And it's Raekwon Davis out of Alabama, defensive tackle. Wow, Excellent pick. what a pick. The the, their defense you know, is going to have a complete turnaround. Yeah. This guy's a two-time All-SEC player. Now they got Robert Hunt, Raekwon Davis, Austin Jackson, Noah Igabinohe, and Tua Tagovailoa. I put my uh, tonsils to work there, guys. Um, but yeah, that's. Let me just tell you something, man. Oh man, I'm Miami. Getting, I'm getting. I'm getting a J.K. Dobbins jersey. I'm gonna go find one. <laughs> you got to work on an offensive lineman jersey first I'm before we go. Quentin Nelson, Ogden, uh, Marshall Yonda, uh, Ronnie, Stan- maybe yeah. Ronnie Stanley. Uh so I'm gonna be honest. Did the Rams really just replace Todd Gurley with Cam Akers? I like, of- I, I like Cam Akers, but I, I mean, that is your first pick in your in your draft this year. I mean, that was interesting. It is a need, yeah, but they should have went offensive line if they don't have that many picks, and they could have got a running back in the fourth, fifth. Where they can get like those val- the running back class is deep, much like the wide receivers. But they saw something in Cam Akers. They could, I mean, if they had J.K. Dobbins. Up there in L.A., that would be – I mean, that would be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be more. something else. But I, I something still else. think – I still think the Rams have a big problem. I know uh, they're on the clock right now, but I, I think the Rams are in the doghouse of the NFC West right now, especially with the Cardinals uh, getting Isaiah Simmons and DeAndre Hopkins most recently. I think overall this is great. Uh, for Arizona, they're on the rise. In Seattle, who knows? Uh, the 49ers, who knows? So it's going to be very interesting. We're going to see a completely different NFL next season. I mean, the landscape is just changing. These big faces are changing teams. DeAndre Hopkins, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, all these guys. Gronk. Uh, Gronkowski. It, it, yeah. it makes it for an exciting season, honestly. It, you know, it's going to be an exciting season. Yeah, I completely agree, James. Uh, and James, thank you so much again for timekeeping tonight. We really appreciate it. No uh, problem. I know, Fonz, you will not be here next week, but we, we should have you back soon. Uh, yes. Thanks again for OBS setting this up. Oh, doing a, a fine job, as always. Thank you, thank you. Uh, always great to be here. Yeah, i got to take a little bit of some time off. I've been doing a lot of work all over with this draft stuff. So, But I'll be back, be fresh, be better than ever to give my takes. Uh, what a way to end it with J.K. Dobbins. Right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I think James 100%. is going to hold the fort down with OBS and teach him up here. I know you guys like it. I know we have a lot of positive feedback on OBS, too, with the broadcasting. So I figure let's keep going with it. James, I'll teach you. You're going to get this perfect. And then I got to teach you guys, too. It, it, it's a very good program to use. I recommend it to anybody. 100%. Kyle Russo, thank you very much for putting in some great work with the uh, video challenge last night. Joey LaDuca did great. Want to give him a personal shout-out as well. I thought his reaction was among the best reactions as well. Yeah, no, he did a great job. Appreciate you guys uh, Let me participate. I thought it was a great event, you know. Hopefully we could have some next year just like the same thing because I thought we did a great job with it. We got a great a fan response. We had some great participation, great reactions uh, across the entire NFL board with teams. It was great. Just a reminder, next week we are going to be back with Tommy the Mac McNamara, Paul Lombardi, and Gabe Flayton. As we recap their uh, mocks, we'll talk a little bit about how their predictions match with what actually happened. Were they surprised? And we'll talk about the Giants a little bit as well. We'll save the Ravens till Fonz returns. <laughs> uh, 
And Fonz, I hope you enjoy your punishment James gave you. Let me tell you something. That's harsh. You know, you're really going to hate Tennessee at the end of all this, man. You're just going to be. Sorry, just, just know, to clarify, people, not only do I have to do talk about the, the Tennessee Titans first round pick, but I will have to do a video or talk about basically all the Titans picks and talk about how they can beat the Ravens. They probably will, but guess what? Now we got J.K. Dobbins, so I'm not even worried about it at all. I'll do the challenge. That's fine. I'll do it for every this game. This is tough. This is tough. Fonz. Uh, <laughs> You know, 40 years from now, you'll 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 still have the these hard feelings towards the Tennessee Titans. But uh, any final thoughts, guys? It's a great show, guys. Great show. Look, great the show. third round is right around the corner. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really no looking forward to it. Uh, on behalf of Kyle Russo, James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, I'm your host Tom Scavetto, saying so long and wishing you all a good evening and enjoy the rest of the draft, guys. Day two is almost halfway through. Day three is tomorrow. We'll be posting live content on social media for you. Follow us at Review and Preview LIU on our Facebook page. Like, subscribe, watch, uh, view our podcast on anchor.fm slash Review and Preview for the audio. And you can give us a follow on Instagram at Review and Preview. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, wishing you all a good evening one last time. You've been watching Review and Preview here on Facebook Live. Good night, everyone.